submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. I don't care what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that He's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation, bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician, and son of Rob Skiba. How about that new intro from my friend Jerry Ward, always sending me cool stuff. Uh, w Design Studios, LLC, is his company. But hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 42 of Skiba News Nation, your weekly source of the latest news, controversial topics, conspiracies, forgotten history, and much more. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about some current news, an all-new Opus Corner, and our very special interview with our new friend, the great Owen Benjamin memes and much more as always i'd like to introduce my great and insightful co-host jake grant hey jeremiah it's great to be here once again you know this week is passover week so i'm really excited to share some about that and uh i'm been part of the bear community myself for quite some time my bear name is gibberine bear so suffice it to say i'm very excited for our interview this week now jake i know you have a great current news segment so let's jump right in Alright guys, so let's start off with the most important things, right? Uh, it, it's always good for me to remind myself why I get this way sometimes. This meme puts it perfectly. A man who lacks purpose distracts himself 
with pleasure. And, uh, and sometimes it's important to put in perspective, what is the purpose of man? What is our purpose here in this life? Uh, sometimes I can fall into these ruts just like anybody else. And, and I like to remind others because uh, this is the only way I've been able to climb out of it myself. And it's reminding myself this, these words from the wisest man who ever lived. This is King Solomon. And he said this, in addition to being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge and he pondered, searched out and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words to write words of truth correctly. The words of the wise are like goads, and masters of these collections are like driven nails. They are given by one shepherd, but beyond this, my son, be warned. The writings of many books is endless, and excessive study is wearying to the body. It looks like this guy, you know, in his search, uh, went through quite the hurdle to kind of come to all his wisdom. So uh, in a blessing to his son, he sums it all up, right? And this is what we get, the purpose of man. Check this out. The conclusion, when everything has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it be good or evil, whether it is good or evil. And uh, and the reason I read this is, is sometimes we can get into our ruts, forgetting our purpose, forgetting our strive, right? And whenever you think about what is the love of God, right? It's to keep his commandments according to the words of Christ himself. And uh, what is the love of our neighbor, right? To keep God's commandments when we treat him fairly, when we treat him righteously, right? And uh, anyways, so sometimes whenever you forget what your purpose is, remind yourself that you are put here for his purpose, right? And so whenever we apply his words to our life, uh, it's a totally different game. And you can revive the purpose in your life when you stop feasting on your little pet sins, right? When you start fe stop feasting on your pleasures and you get focused on what will build up your community, what will build up you to walk righteously, to be a mighty man, to be somebody who's set apart from the nations, to step out of Babylon and the comforts and the lollipops Babylon offers, right? And instead, start to walk boldly after righteousness, after the commandments of the Most High. And of course, we are in Holy Week, right? Uh, you know, there's so many different religions doing so many different things at this time. You have Ramadan, you have Lent, you have uh, the Easter week. But uh, our belief set here at Skiba News Nation is as we've exited traditional dogmatic doctrinal Christianity, we've started to apply the book back like the apostles did. And, uh, and one great celebration found in the scriptures in Leviticus 23 is the Passover season, which we've come to find is all about Christ. And uh, in fact, uh, one of the things that he said, he sits down and he says, do this in remembrance of me, uh, which was then interpreted to mean tiny communion wafers and little sippy cups of grape juice, right? Which uh, if you ever check out the book that was really impactful in my own walk, uh, Pagan Christianity by George Barna, you'll find that this is something that was kind of added into the culture of Christianity along the way. And that in fact, Christ was referring to the Passover meal when he said, do this in remembrance of me. So even our modern concept of communion has been overrided by man's traditions 
and uh, and and it's kind of sad because when you think about the beauty of sitting down and feasting with people who have a like mind and a like faith, and I know a lot of people out there who might be watching this show might not be on the same mindset. They might not be on the page of, oh, I want to start celebrating biblical feasts. But I hope as you walk down the journey of truth, you'll start to look at some of these resources we're sharing and, and start to question, why do I do what I do? And uh, I have very fond memories of, uh, Jeremiah, your dad, Rob, coming out for a conference I put on in Owensboro, Kentucky in 2017. And we had hundreds of people celebrating Passover for the first time. And at that feast, he echoes something very similar to what I shared with you here in this, uh, this meme about the purpose of life in the verse in Ecclesiastes about keeping Yah's commandments, right? And, uh, and he shared this at Passover, and I wanted to let you guys in on this uh, great clip from Rob. Some famous person says something, and you're like, everybody wants to remember, what's the last thing that guy said? Famous last words. Well, the famous last words of the last prophet of the Old Testament, we call the Old Testament, it says that we're to remember the, the law of Moses in an end times context. The last writer of the New Testament, the Apostle John, said in 1 John chapter 5, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not grievous. John also wrote the last book in what we call our Bible. In Revelation 14, he says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Yeshua. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, there's a video I saw online. This individual does this little skit, and it's like law and grace for dummies kind of thing. So we might need to check the, the volume on this again. But I'm going to play this uh, video of this individual explaining in such a profound way how law and grace works. I want my seven children, and I should be back on time. Thank you, Art, and thank you, Pastor Cisneros. And this is a little thing I've always done, and I always enjoy talking to intelligent audiences, and these precious little children are going to help me. Now, I'm going to name these children, and I want you to learn their names. I want to see if you can do what other audiences have done. The first one we're going to name, let's not name them. Let's just say when I point to this one, sin. What is it? Sin. Come on, everybody. What is it? Once more, sin. this one is law. Who is this? Law. Who is it? Law. This is grace. Who is this? Grace. Once more, grace. let's go backward. Grace. Law. Sin. That's very good. Let's go again. Savior. Who is this? Savior. Savior. Come on. Savior. Now, this one is gospel. What is it? Gospel. Let's see if we can go now. Pastor Ortiz, we got another good audience. Now let's do it all the way to the end. This is? Sin, law, grace, Savior, this is preacher. Who is this? Preacher. And this one is church. What's his name? Church. church. Now let's go and let's quote the Bible. The Bible says, who says? Bible. The Bible says that Sin, is the transgression of God's law. Are you with me? Yeah. Let's do it one more time. The Bible says that is the transgression of law. whoever hates sin. must uphold the law. Whoever fights the law. is upholding sin. whether he likes it or not. Now, ladies and gentlemen, grace. come on, ladies and gentlemen, grace. is pardoned for sin. which is breaking the law. Very good. Let's do that one more time. Grace. 
is pardoned for, which is breaking the and the die that we might have, which is pardoned for, which is breaking the and gave us the, which is the good news about the now the preaches the in his now today you've got men fighting God's law in church and they say that the is done away with you may go die now if you do away with the the Bible says where there is no law there is no so you may go darling and if you do away with you don't need which is pardon for sin which is breaking the law and if you don't need grace you certainly don't need a who died that we might have grace which is pardon for sin which is breaking the law and in that case you don't need a because it's the story of a savior who died that we might have grace which is pardon for sin which is breaking the law and if that be true what in the world do you need a and if you don't need him, he might as well throw away the... Perfect, isn't it? What a great little analogy. Um, is it starting to make sense? There's more to say, but we're going to run out of time. I, know I don't want to take up other speakers' time also, but... Um, I'm excited because this Ephraim awakening is the love story of how Yahuwah redeemed his unfaithful bride. And as we are Mikra, to Mikra these things, to rehearse these things, I, I, like I said, I've done a lot of theater. And when I write and direct plays, I like to do a lot of rehearsals. And then I'll tell all my actors, okay, actors, stay home. Get some rest. I need to work with the technical crew now. I need to work with the lighting guy, the sound guy, the prop guy, the fog machine guy, the special effects guys. I need to work with them. So I'll go through one or two tech rehearsals until I am absolutely certain that everybody knows their job, they, know, they all know their timing, and they hit it all perfectly. So the lights do what they're supposed to do, the sound, everything is the way it needs to be, all the props are where they're supposed to be at the right time. And then I call for a dress rehearsal. And in the dress rehearsal, it's as if it's the main event. There's no do-overs. If you flub a line, you got to go with it. You know, something messes up, you got to go with it. You have that dress rehearsal as if it's the main event. And then the main event comes, the crowd comes, the curtains open, and it's showtime. I was at a conference at Norm Franz's congregation for a Passover, and he was talking about some of this stuff and how everybody's fighting over when's the new moon? Is it a conjunction moon? Is it a crescent moon? Is it a lunar Sabbath? Is there, what do we do? We even care about the moon? No, everybody's fighting about how do you pronounce God's name? Or when is Passover really? Or is it the Enoch calendar? Or is it the sun? Is it the what? When does the day begin? Look, guys, <laughs> we have been in exile for 2,730 years, thoroughly entrenched in paganism. We have inherited a lot of lies. Do you really think we're going to figure it all out in seven, eight, ten years? No. 
Why can't we come and reason together as civilized human beings and talk some of these differences out? Instead of labeling everybody a heretic or giving them, you know, the right hand of fellowship followed by the left boot of, you know, excommunication. Because they don't agree with you. Or thinking, we have it all figured out, so we're going to go to another congregation that doesn't have it figured out and go straighten everybody out. I believe, and I said this to Norm Franz, I said, you know, brother, it is my opinion that I think if, if God is in fact following sort of that same structure with this idea of rehearsals, that maybe we're in tech rehearsal phase. We're still trying to figure the technical stuff out. And we're not going to get it all right. We're, at this point, we're like children drawing pictures for our daddy that look like, barely look like stick figures. And we're presenting it to him, thinking it's our masterpiece. And our loving father just appreciates the fact that you drew this picture for him. And he, he appreciates it. He says, you know what, son? You know what, daughter? Good job. Hangs it up on the refrigerator. As messy and <laughs> crazy as it looks. You know, that's what's so beautiful about this time. And, and whether you're on this page or not, uh, please don't be offended as we share our excitement for what you know we're learning is something beautiful that, the, you know, the enemy of our souls comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? And some of the main things he takes away from believers are the very things that hold the most blessing, the most impact in our walk, such as, you know, things that do with our health things that do with celebrating the Most High, his feasts, his festivals, you know, our identity as being grafted into Israel. He wants us to believe the people in the nation state over there who call themselves the people of the book are the true Israel, right? And yet making the church think we are some kind of Gentile amalgamation of traditions and doctrines that are all thumbed up by some man. Uh, but the truth is, is that these are all things that are, have been set up since the beginning of creation. You know, at very beginning of Genesis, it says, sun, moon, and stars for time, seasons, and appointed moedim, appointed festivals, right? That in Genesis, the sun, moon, and stars are set up for signs and seasons and appointed times. And that's what's so exciting about learning that the feasts in Leviticus 23 are not just for Jewish people. It's for all those who are grafted into the, the, the family of Christ, right? The, th through Yahushua, we're grafted in. So we get to celebrate and participate in these practices, which is why it's so cool that it's not just a communion wafer and a little sippy cup of, of juice, but it's a feast that we can rehearse weekly because whenever we, we see prophetically the Messiah comes back, all people, all those who he reigns over, right, in, in a prophetic, eschatological sense. You know, some people don't want to dive into what's happening in the future, but the, the scriptures is very clear that we will all be keeping the biblical feasts. And, and that's why we practice them now, because they're all about the Messiah's first coming, right? Uh, death, burial, resurrection, redemption, Holy Spirit being given, right? Passover through Pentecost, and then in the fall, you have the fall feast, all about the second coming prophetically. And so since it's Passover season, I have a video from my bro, Adam Fink, who I do music with, you know, our band Simply Prodigal, we, we do some songs here and there. So uh, he, he's my close friend and also who I'm celebrating Passover with. And, uh, and he's got a great video breaking down about this topic of Passover 
and uh, and how to Passover video that he posted just this week. I want to share a short clip of it, and then we'll move on to some news. Uh, but you know, for us, it is news. This is Passover week. This is the week of unleavened bread. The festival is here, and uh, it's so important because this is a time that we do the spring cleaning, right? Well, we get this from the principle of cleaning leaven out of somebody's home, out of your home. According to the scriptures, it says to get all the the hamets out of your house, right? And whenever you do the physical process, it teaches you a spiritual application. Because you don't want to end up like the first guy, the picture I showed, right? The, the person who is lacking purpose and distracting themselves with pleasure. You want to have a, a purpose and a goal in mind. So it's, it's important to check yourself and to look inwardly at your life and to see what little idols have I set up? What little sins have I you know, bent the knee to? What am, what am I hiding uh, that I don't want to give up, right? And, and so the physical process of removing leaven from your home during unleavened bread is this beautiful you know, symbology of removing sin from your life and, and, and getting your walk prepared because if we're dealing with these minor things, when uh, you know the stuff hits the fan, we're not going to be prepared because we're still struggling with our own issues. We're still fighting this person, and we're not ready to fight the world out there that's coming at us full force, right? So check out this video uh, from my buddy Adam. Hope you guys enjoyed this short clip. Again, let's remind ourselves. Seven, uh, Exodus 13, six, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast to Yahuwah. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no leavened bread be seen with you. Neither shall there be leaven seen with you in all your quarters. And you shall show your son in that day, saying, This is done because of that which Yahuwah did unto me when I came forth out of Mitzrayim, out of, out, of, out of Egypt. And, you know, we can say the same things to our children. Hey, he took us out of bondage. He gave us the true lamb, the son of the most high, and he saved us. He, he freed me from, from, from sin, from bondage. And that's why we're doing this. We're doing it to honor him. So we're doing it today for a renewed reason. But here's what's interesting. So uh, this is what I found amazing. When a lot of people are, are waking up and, you know, like, hey, I think we need to start keeping the commandments. Or I think we need to start looking into obeying what the Bible actually says a little more than what we've been taught all of our lives. A lot of people do the Passover and the Sabbath first, and this is really interesting. When you do the Passover, this is this is the it's like it's like action and reward. So when you move forward in faith and you do this feast day, there is a reward. Listen to this, and it shall be for a sign unto you upon your hand, and for a memorial between your eyes, your hand and your forehead. Does that ring a bell for anything in the Book of Revelation? Because I tell you, the beast has his mark. And the Most High has his mark. When you keep this, he marks you. And also, here's the reward, that Yahuwah's Torah may be in your mouth. So it's like you do this, and he's like, I'm going to mark you, and I'm going to put my Torah in your mouth. So that we may actually do it. For with a strong hand, Yahuwah has brought you forth out of Mitzrayim. You shall therefore guard this ordinance in his appointed time from year to year. Let's get back to the article. So if you are new to this walk of faith and obedience, I know it can be overwhelming at first. No one can expect you to get everything correct right away. This walk takes time and patience, just like a tender plant growing. That's what we are. We're plants. We're trees. We're, we're, a, we're a vine bush. There's, there's a many different references for us being like a plant. Don't let anyone stress you out and make you think you've got to get everything right or else you're, you're out. You're cut. Don't worry about those people. If you have more questions along this walk, and you will if you stay on it, please see this Basics of the Way playlist. It may help you along the way. This is a link right here for a playlist. 
And this one here, I think, is most important. Some of you may watching may still be, you know, believing that even though you're in Messiah, you're still like a Gentile and you're like, oh, I'm not a Jew, so these things aren't really for me. But it sounds fun. If you believe that, I would encourage you with all my heart to watch this. Who are you? Because I believe your identity in Messiah has been hidden from you. So why do we still celebrate today? And these are his, his feast days, Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, Pentecost, Trumpets, Day of Atonement, Tabernacles. If you're reading this or watching this video, perhaps you already understand that we are not called to celebrate the holidays of the world, Christmas, Easter, Halloween, whatever, all those others. If you're not, if you don't understand that, if you're like, well, what's wrong with Christmas? Isn't that like a Christian holiday? Again, I would just highly encourage you to watch this video as well. There's a link for you. This is a, a link. So these holidays have been mixed with pagan practices, just as it was thousands of years ago. This is what Yahweh said about worshiping him that way. And just worshiping him in the ways that man have created in general. That's not what he wants. And that's what I was saying earlier. I, I was very, I was, I was very thankful to, I was very, very thankful to uh, grow up in Judaism and now understand it from a different perspective because I was able to see, you know, how all these different traditions were added and aren't really in the Bible. I'm like, well, where's that? It's not in here. Where's that? And so anyways, this is what the, the Most High says about celebrating him in different ways. Take heed to yourself that you be not snared by following them. After that, they be destroyed from before you and that you inquire not after their Elohim saying, how do these nations serve their Elohim? So how do they serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. You shall not do so unto Yahweh. So we can't celebrate him or, or worship him in a way that the, the world teaches. For every abomination to Yahuwah, again, that's our Heavenly Father, which he hates, have they done unto their Elohim or their gods. That's Deuteronomy 12, 30-31. So here is the everlasting command. This is, again, the why are we celebrating today. Here's the everlasting command to keep these festivals. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. You know what it is to have to hold a memorial. And you shall keep it a feast to Yahuwah throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. How long's forever? Are we still in forever? All right. So just a, a really quick summary about this walk and why it's so exciting. And, and this is not a purity trip. Please don't get you know, tripped over me sharing this with enthusiasm about the Passover season. It's just the fact that we're literally keeping Passover this week. So it is news for us. And, uh, you know, uh, just a funny one for you guys to keep things humorous. You know, this is the most unsuccessful lockdown of all time. Right. And, and one interesting thing that always had me thinking about this time of the year was how do you get three days and three nights between Friday night and Sunday morning? That's like at the most a day and a half. Well, if you understand how the biblical feasts work and you see that uh, it's not only the seventh day Sabbath, which, by the way, you know, read uh, Isaiah 56, y'all, uh, you know, is important. But there are yearly Sabbaths, which are these high feasts, these uh, these appointed times, which are all about the Messiah. Uh, and uh, and if he died rather on a Wednesday, which was the high, you know, feast of Passover, which was that weekly Sabbath in the middle. And then you go from that evening, you know, three days and three nights. You have an actual math that works out contrary to what is taught, for example, by the Catholic Church. 
And, uh, you know, all these things are very uh, interesting, and I'm super excited because, you know, we can talk about all the trutherism, all the conspiracy, all the news of the world, but this is truly the thing that has given my life the most purpose, is understanding the walk and the faith of those believers that sat at the feet of the disciples and, and pursuing with all my heart after what truth is, right? And, and who is truth? No, Yahushua, if we don't have faith, right, all of the conspiracies, all of the craziness in the world uh, can get us down. It can get us depressed. Um, you know, here's a, you know, uh, unfortunately, people have a blind belief in authority, and it's the greatest enemy of truth. And this is often what has happened in the modern church, where people have deferred their own pursuit of the truth for what the elder at the pulpit says inherited in innocence and kept in ignorance and uh and we keep traditions like the little communion wafer and the little sippy cup of juice uh you know once again you know check out that book pagan christianity by george barna you'll learn that most of the early believers did not keep communion as that weird little ritual that we see you know in the catholic church and even in the protestant now uh, they kept it as a feast a time to gather with other believers and do this in remembrance of me, keeping one of the seven Moedim, one of the seven appointed times, which was like all pointing towards, you know, the 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 mission that Christ accomplished. Right. And uh, and so unfortunately, people defer to authority. And as thousands and thousands, just like Rob Skiba, just like myself and Sheila and family have done is we've exited denominational Christianity and we simply started to apply the book for ourselves. And, and when it says start doing something, we do it. And when it says stop doing something, we stop doing it. But if you keep reading, you'll find that these everlasting things are everlasting. And, uh, and it's so exciting to me. Here's a short, quick, uh, cute video, and I'll get on to the news. Check this out. There you go. All right. Is it fun feeding the sheep? What does it feel like on your hand, Leah? This is my daughter. She's uh, like sheepy. So we're feeding them now, and they'll be feeding us in a few days. <laughs> Happy Passover, everyone! <laughs> it's not that we're making some kind of weird sacrifice, but we're just having a big barbecue, and we like to have our own uh, holistic meat. And uh, we have so many people that come to our Passover here in Missouri that uh, we need quite a few lambs, if you know what I mean. So, uh, you know, it's so exciting uh, to talk about this topic because it's brought so much meaning to my life. And I, I just wanted to share it with you guys. You know, even those of you who might be like, oh, this is weird. That's a Jewish thing. I, I challenge you to check out some of those videos that my friend Adam was sharing uh, and hopefully question, why do you do what you do? Why do you believe what you believe? And if if you walk this Christian path, right, let's just, you know, have an open discussion about the practices we keep, because there's nothing more beautiful than getting together and not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves, right, but to gather together during these important times. I mean, uh, you know, with, with the Bear community, we had the Bertaria Times National Festival, and, uh, and, and you know, it's so beautiful seeing people of like-mindedness gather together and celebrate. And uh, and that's why it's also an important aspect to our faith walk, right? W one of the statements Rob 
Jeremiah's dad would say is, you know, let's ditch the beast feasts and celebrate the seven feasts of the Most High uh, because there's such a depth and a beauty to them. And, and I believe they're a prophetic rehearsal. It's interesting what the fall feast represents, and we won't get into that now, but that's all I wanted to share on Passover. So, uh, oh, I know that was a little bit more than you guys were probably expecting, but it's something that's super important. All right, guys, so let's get into uh, some of our news. Just recently, we had some deadly storms sweep across the Midwest. Check this out. The video all morning, we saw severe storms not only in the northeast this weekend, but in several states in the Midwest and the south. The weather blamed for at least 24 deaths. Unbelievable destruction. The National Weather Service has confirmed more than 30 tornadoes across nine states on Friday and Saturday. Here's ABC's Derek Dennis. Man, look at that tornado. weather system spawning Ooh. a deadly tornado outbreak across nine states from Friday to Saturday. The National Weather Service says it was an EF3 tornado with up to 165 mile per hour winds that hit Little Rock, Arkansas. The damage in the small town of Wynn extensive. Four people lost their lives. Donnie and Susan Johnston made it out okay, taking cover in their bathroom. You can just hear, you know, all the debris. And I was afraid that that tree was going to fall on us. In Tennessee, Nell has lived in her home for 65 years. She also sheltered in her bathroom. Her daughter says if she had stayed in her bed, she likely would not have survived. And the house just lifted. It felt like it was going to tear apart. More homes and businesses destroyed in Sullivan, Indiana. The mayor there says it looks like a war zone. You know, talking to the residents down there, I was able to walk to the the neighborhoods a while ago, and it's it's devastating, right? And just see mass devastation. Luke Nissen and Joe Seek were among more than 250 people packed in a theater for a concert in the town of Belvedere, Illinois. About an hour west of Chicago, the roof caved in during the storm Friday night. It just was pitch black for a second, a big giant boom, dust. and you just smell the dust and everything in the air. They, along with dozens more, jumped in to help those who were trapped. It's just a pile, a pile of wood, nails sticking out. What do you do when you hear these people screaming underneath? 50-year-old Frederick Forrest Livingston Jr. was killed in the collapse. All right, so pretty crazy, destructive storms sweeping through the country. Uh, you know, I, I saw these pictures here uh, just to pre bring some levity to the topic. Uh, <laughs> tornado warning, seek shelter immediately. Midwestern folks in their front lawn. I think I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if that wasn't me last year, uh, we were very close to the massive, like 250 mile long tornado that ended in Kentucky. And uh, I was outside sitting in the car eating a ice cream pop uh, and uh, just like watching the storm and the lightning. And my wife started flashing a flashlight at me and I got out and went inside and the tornado passed just one mile from the house we were at. Uh <laughs> And, and here's another thing is uh, 3 a.m. tornado warning. Oh, well, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Going back to sleep. <laughs> Pretty much me last year when the tornadoes came through our area, uh, my wife was, I think we need to go to my parents' house. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to sleep. It's all right. If it's going to, if it's our time, you know, and uh, we ended up driving to her parents' house and we passed uh, right where the tornado uh, path 
crossed and uh, probably put ourselves in more danger just by getting up and leaving. But um, anyways, it was a, a pretty close call. But I, my heart goes out to those people suffering from this particular outbreak. And man, it's rough. We're, we're entering into some pretty crazy weather. It just makes me think that the people who live here in the United States uh, back in, in the tribal days, right, they were probably pretty hardcore to, you know, sit out on the plains and watch those tornadoes fly by. You know, no wonder everybody lived in teepees and yurts and tents that could pick up and move. <laughs> so, nobody, whenever tornado season comes, we're going to go to the mountains for a little while, right? <laughs> oh, man. And since we're going to have uh, Owen on for our interview, I, I wanted to share some really fantastic posts that he's been making. You know, I'm really fond of his pursuit of the truth uh, and a lot of the things he shares. And we're going to be covering some conspiratorial topics. And so he posted this that I think is pretty that really can apply to what some of our conspiracy pursuits have been. And uh, Owen posted this. He said, showing the horror of the conspiracy and you feeling you can do nothing about it is the revelation of method and key for mind control. You can do something and thrive and know that the consequence is on them, not you. Trust me on this. Be grateful and joyous. That's the revenge. And, and like we often talk about on our show is uh, letting all the conspiracies and depressing things of the world get us down, bringing us to immobility, making us like that guy I shared at the very beginning who's lost his purpose and is just force feeding pleasures and and lost his direction in life. You know, that's how they want you immobilized. And, and so, you know, having a little bit of humor in life, having a little bit of a, a positive outlook is important and, and building despite the terrible things that are going on around us is equally as important. And, uh, and that brings us to, you know, of course, this next very uh, kind of troubling topic. It's all over the mainstream news. Uh, and I think this recent interview was quite interesting, but there's another deeper level to this psyop and this tragedy that I think meets the eye in the way that the mass media is using it to push various agendas. So let's check out this video. Because we know a lot of these shootings that we've unfortunately had to cover, there's a lot that is still going to be made clear later on in, in days and weeks ahead. Yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily need the information, to be honest with you. I mean, there is math to this. When a mass shooting occurs, there's an increased probability of another one within 13 days because of something called generalized imitation. That's when a person's behavior is amplified and influences other people's behavior to engage in similar actions. We know this happens with mass shootings. The World Health Organization has issued guidelines for suicide, um, reporting suicide, to reduce the 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 incidence of copycats or imitational suicide. I really wish, you know, we sit here, we do this all the time. Oh boy, how, why does this keep happening? Why does this keep happening? Look in the mirror. You know, we, we constantly, prominently place these stories. We repeat facts over and over again. The frequency plays a role. We provide step-by-step -step descriptions of the crime. We do not limit the use of photos or videos. We have live press events. What I'm talking about is we increase the spectacle of an event so that it stays in somebody's mind. The more you increase the frequency of a report, the more likely somebody's gonna hear it and be influenced by it. All I'm saying is treat this, change the reporting methods, finally. All right, so I thought that was interesting, uh, you know, somebody discussing the impact that promoting such atrocities and terrible acts so frequently on mainstream media outlets is something that prompts others 
to follow in those footsteps. And, you know, we're not breaking down whether the actual event was a, a PSYOP in itself or not. The fact is, is that uh, the very topic of why it probably happened is rarely covered. And oftentimes it's the left-right paradigm of pushing whether we're going to have gun control or pushing whether we need militarized policed schools uh, and, and every element of a patrolled uh, policed system to where we deposit our children, uh, which is, you know, in itself alarming to me, considering how uh, schools were uh, slipping medical procedures through on your children, whether or not you agreed with them, uh, such as, you know, certain public school systems uh, that are pushing, you know, certain agendas on your children and just the thought of having them locked up with roaming guards just makes me think of the militarized state. Not that we shouldn't be protecting our children. Uh, I'm more of an advocate, of course, of homeschool. Uh, protect your children with arms by all means if somebody is coming after them. But putting those uh, roles into the arms of somebody that you don't really know uh, <clears throat> uh, and, and giving it to an institution that you can't fully trust is something that is alarming to me in terms of the right paradigm. And, of course, the left paradigm, which is all guns are bad, despite the fact that it's usually the bad people that get the guns and the good people that give up their guns causing the issue in the first place. But the real issue that I think we need to focus on is something that is mentioned briefly by uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene in this recent deposition uh, check this out, and we'll kind of get to the bottom of what I think is the true issue and why this previous statement of how mainstream media propagating these events can lead to more atrocities and more just crazy evil in the world. So check this out. It's murder. Is there any, any question? I'll yield to anyone on this committee who disagrees that murder in schools is not Murder. I yield. Will you, will you yield? Oh, I'll yield. Yes, please. Yeah, I was when I was in 11th grade and Joe Biden made our schools gun free school zones. One of the students in my school brought three guns to school and our entire school went on lockdown because he was the only person with a gun. There was no good guy with a gun to protect us kids at school. Right you want to know why the shooter like is dead in Nashville? The trans shooter. You want to know why? Because a good guy with a gun killed that woman. She identified as a man. She was mentally ill, probably taking hormones. Okay, pause. This is the middle road that we need to be acknowledging, is the application of pharmaceutical elements to rampaging mad people, right? And she's going to keep talking, kind of glance past this, but she was probably mentally ill, probably taking hormones, and she went and shot a bunch of people. And, and this is something that it seems to be glanced over by the mainstream media, which is a regular recurring theme in a lot of these shootings, which is the element of pharmacia or drugs that these kids or these adults that do these atrocities are using to alter their mind state. They're, they're all on psychiatrics. And it, it, Big Pharma is hiding. It's, it's all about left, right, gun, no gun. Uh, but let's focus in on one of the real culprits, which is the stuff they're putting in their bodies that are making them go crazy. And she went in and murdered children and adults in this Christian school in Nashville. 
So if you want to have a good talk about schools and protecting children, we need to talk about protecting our children the same way we protect our president, we protect our celebrities, yeah. we protect Re reclaiming this building. My time. Okay, Thank I'll yield. All right, and of course, just keep in mind uh, kind of my caveat with the whole right-left paradigm with how it is kind of interesting to me that the right is leaning into the aspect of militarizing and putting you know armed protection around your children in an institution you can't truly trust yourself in terms of ideology in terms of medical advocacy uh these are all topics that make me very skeptical of people that are uh you know wanting to push that particular uh you know rebound from this topic uh so i say protect your kids with guns by all means but do it in your own home and teach them what you want them to learn uh because a lot of these places you know i know this was a christian school so don't get me wrong but so the big change that any legislation would affect would be the public school systems private schools are a totally different matter even though i know this topic happened at a private christian school and you know, just a reminder, uh, before and after the disease of wokeism, right? Uh, what seemed to be a, you know, a fairly normal looking girl turned into uh, a monster. Owen also posted this, which I think is uh, very interesting, uh, especially given the orientation of the particular uh, assailant in this circumstance it says as political and economic freedom diminishes sexual freedom tends correspondingly to increase and the dictator will do well to encourage that freedom it will help to reconcile his subjects to the servitude which is their fate all right huxley right and uh, bb said this gamma describes what's happening well as the dollar loses world reserve status, the American oligarchs respond with, well, you can chop your junk off if you want. And, uh, and of course, you know, all these people uh, getting all riled up are on hormone blockers. They're on different pharmaceutical drugs uh, to treat their depression just because of their mental depravity. It's continuing to exacerbate the decline of our culture and our country. All right, uh, here's an interesting little video of Glenn Beck issuing a grave warning to America after the Trump indictment. So we always got to check in with those who make their biggest bucks off of uh, fear-mongering. Uh, not that there isn't always, you know, decent truths sprinkled here and there, uh, but I wanted to share this with you. I found it interesting. So when the history of cable news is written, assuming anyone bothers to write it, but if it ever is written, Glenn Beck will have his own chapter as possibly the greatest synthesizer of big ideas ever to appear on camera. Oh, Tucker needs and to say that about you, BB, right? 150% batting average, am tape, I right? We'll find out <laughs> that maybe more than any other person on television, Glenn Beck got it right again and again and again. So we thought tonight is the perfect opportunity to hear from him. He's the co-founder of Blaze Media. He's just written a book called The Great Reset. And he joins us now for an overview an of what we're watching. Name. Glenn Beck, thank you so much for coming on tonight. How, how, how you. would you interpret kind of you this? To say. Well, it's true. 
So let me, I, I've got a couple of things here for you. Um, let me just go through. I'm going to bring, a, I think, a different perspective to this. We have the banking crisis. They say it's fine. It's just beginning. We, um, yesterday, we had the Saudis and uh, Brazil and um, uh, China enter a deal to where the petrodollar is over. Brazil and China are going to uh, trade in their own currency. That's the beginning of the end of our currency. That means a dollar collapse. That yes. means we become Venezuela. We will have war with China. We will have war with Russia and Iran. Uh, we have the restrict bill. We have social media and our NSA and everybody else in bed with each other, silencing people. We, of course, have the raccoon dogs, which we all know is bullcrap. Um, and now this week, we have a new uh, gun grab that they're trying to do. Um, Biden and his family taking money from the Chinese. What do you think this Donald Trump thing is really all about? The, American, the America that we knew, the fundamental transformation that started in 2008 is finished. We are no longer viewed as a superpower. We are now a, an elderly, we're Joe Biden, just walking into the twilight. What this is all about, I believe, is trying to inflame this country. Is in, they've wanted violence from the right from the beginning. They can't yeah. wait it. They need it. Because if we strike out, Look at January 6th, the day they're letting the shaman out of prison because it was all trumped up. Thank you, Tucker Carlson, for uh, revealing this. The day they're letting him out, they do this to Donald Trump. They want you to strike out. Why? Because then they can close the cage. I'm going to make another prediction for you, uh, Tucker. You said I got it right. Well, everything I've been talking about since 08, this is the time. I'm going to make a prediction. By 2025, we are going to be at war. We are going to have a new dollar, a currency that probably is coming from the central bank. We'll have a currency collapse, uh, and we will live in a virtual police state. I know that might sound crazy to a lot of people. It's not far off. The, the Bill of Rights is gone Nobody is paying attention. Where are the Republicans? Where are the decent Democrats that can see this is, this is insanity? B Donald Trump, the reason why this is going to um, help Donald Trump, and that's why I don't think they're doing it so he can't run. They're doing it because they want people to strike out. Please turn to God, repent, pray for our country, Pray for peace. Put on the full armor of God. But here's what's really what they miss. Donald Trump is not even a person anymore. He is a symbol. He is a symbol of the average everyday guy that keeps getting screwed every single time. Watches other people screw up big banks, screw up their companies and get away with it. He's, they see people all the time doing stuff that they know if they did, they'd be in prison for 20 years. But because they're not part of the elite, they get away with it. Donald Trump has taken arrow after arrow, and that's why this is the way the average American feels tonight. Yeah. 
I hope that there's a few Republic or Democrats out there, but this guy has been taking the bullets for the average person now for years. And people on the right feel like he's the only guy that really gets what the people are feeling. And it's, uh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well. Uh, for the Democrats in the next election. It's just not. I don't know if Donald Trump is the winner or not, but I will tell you this. You're not going to stop a hundred million people. This country is in shambles. And there's going to be a hundred million people that will walk on broken glass and through fire to vote for someone other than this corrupt banana republic administration. That's, I think, exactly right. Glenn Beck, wow. So I find it interesting, of course, the indictment of Trump, and I can't help but to wonder, could Big Papa Don have uh, orchestrated this whole thing to sway the vote of the harder aspects of society? Check this out. This the new image that uh, Big Don wants to promote? It's all about the image. And uh, to, to win those voters over, could him going to prison or to jail for one night or whatever, uh, could this be how he sways the vote? I don't know. Just a theory. I wonder, could Big Don be behind all of it as the, the biggest publicity ploy uh, to uh, justify him getting braided up and tatted up in prison so that he can you know, uh, you know, sway that vote. Oh man. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking around here, of course, but, uh, you know, I find that this big indictment of Trump is an absolute distraction, uh, from some of the first few things that Glenn Beck was mentioning there in that interview that he glossed over and then went straight into how Trump is the solution. Uh, was the, the fact that America's prevalence on the world stage is going to diminish once the central bank digital currency, new world order, you know, agenda 2030 things starts getting rolled out. And we have to be aware of this because a lot of people look towards a political system to solve uh, the issues that are more global, if you know what I mean. And uh, and and of course, you know, we'll only see how the 24, 2024 election goes. Um, you know, I have my my own opinions on politics in general. Uh, you know, we, we don't all have to have the same opinions here. Uh, but I, I do think it's interesting how they're using this indictment as a uh, a way to monopolize media airtime. And to cover up very important stories that I believe are being glossed over uh, and not being discussed. You know, things like this. You know, Dem Democrats give Trunk a custom purple heart for yet again distracting people from anything important. Uh, you know, this is unbearables media. Uh, and, uh, you know, other important topics such as here's Sonny the Farmer reminding us food for thought. The laws governing Agenda 2030 land development allow governments to seize polluted lands and move their residents into smart cities. Important to note, if the land plus water around you is completely poisoned, 
you don't get to opt out of the smart city model coming down the pipe. Are you starting to understand? Uh, so, you know, I think things like this are interesting. And also just the complete attack and all out war on the freedom of speech that we're seeing. Uh, check out this next video, uh, which I think is, you know, some of the things that the indictment are distracting us from. Last week, I brought you all the case of Douglas Mackey. He's a pro-Trump Twitter user who in 2016 tweeted out a meme targeted at Hillary voters, telling them that they could avoid the line and vote by text. To most people, that sounds funny or lame, possibly a mix of both. But to Joe Biden's Department of Justice, they saw a crime. The very first week in office, they indicted Mackey on a charge of conspiracy to deprive individuals of their right to vote. Prosecutors alleged that some 4,500 people called the number on the meme and that Mackey distributed. They honed in on Mackey's private messages where he and other pro-Trump Twitter personalities reveled in the reach of their accounts, hoping they could trick, quote, dopey liberals not to vote. Now, is Mackey a good person? Probably not. But that's not enough to put somebody on trial. Ultimately, this trial was about whether satire online should be legal, even satire that is malicious, mean, and satire. targeted, whether that should be illegal or not. Here is the meme. And to be clear, Mackey did not even make it. He only distributed it along with many others. Do you really believe any reasonable person would see this meme and otherwise not vote? The Biden Department of Justice certainly did. Apparently, so did a jury of Mackey's peers who convicted him in the Eastern District of New York on Thursday on conspiracy to deprive other American citizens of their right to vote. Already, the censorious establishment is doing backflips online over the victory of this case. Why? The government even put out a victorious press release about the verdict, put it as a warning to anyone else who may do so online. But a closer scrutiny Social of the trial itself is necessary. For the government to be truly ironclad in their case, they would have to prove that Mackey's meme crossed the satire line because people otherwise texted to vote rather than vote itself. Their theory of this case relied on the fact that some 4,500 people called this phone number. Yet, when his defense challenged prosecutors to bring forward one single witness who said that they were fooled, they could not do so. Let me repeat, not one person was called to the stand to testify that their civil right to vote was actually deprived by this meme, despite having their phone numbers. And that means from the facts of the case, on its face, all the government proved was that Mackey posted this meme, that some people interacted with the same phone number, and that he may have been malicious in his intent. As to the witnesses, the star witness at trial had nothing to do even with depriving anyone of votes. Instead, it was a dude named Microchip who was part of Mackey's group chat. During this testimony, Microchip cast Mackey as a leader of the group who distributed memes targeted at liberals, but under cross-examination admitted two key things. Number one, he was testifying because he was cooperating with the FBI and plead to a reduced charge. Two, quote, there was no grand plan around stopping people from voting. So if there was no grand plan, there was no conspiracy, right? He can't prove a real conspiracy and he can't prove a single witness was harmed. Then what are we doing here? Obviously, none of these questions mattered to the New York City jury that convicted Mackey, but one has to wonder if the politics of the area played into that, and also to the wisdom of bringing charges like this in the first place. Prosecutorial, prosecutorial discretion is a hell of a drug, and immediately, with the precedent set, a lot of people are looking for similar examples and saying, hey, why isn't this person in jail? Many pointed to this tweet by Christina Wong, a liberal Hillary supporter in 2016 who tweeted, quote, hey, Trump supporters, skip poll lines in election 2016 and text your vote. Tech votes are legit or vote tomorrow on Super Wednesday. <laughs> that along with the video that was viewed close to 1 million times. Now, if you ask me, that's funny. 
and just as ridiculous as the meme that Mackie posted. But now, by the standards the government has set, any of the 843,000 people who watched that video have been contaminated by Wong's conspiracy to prevent Trump supporters to vote. Now, curiously, Ms. Wong remains free and clear to this day. To be clear, she should remain so. So should Mackie. People say stuff on the internet they don't mean all the time. Worse, this has been rewarded now by the FBI for wasting their time policing Twitter trolls rather than letting child sex predators like Larry Nassar go free. As I reminded everyone last time, the nanny state behavior of the feds here is something that reveals a very, very deep rot. As Matt Taibbi discovered, FBI agents whose salaries we are paying were spending their time flagging moronic tiny Twitter accounts joking, including one who said, quote, I am a ballot counter in my state. If you're not wearing a mask, I'm not counting your vote, saying that every negative comment on the post, she would add a vote for the Democratic Party. Or another example, the low follower user who tweeted, quote, I want to remind Republicans to vote tomorrow and included the wrong date. This was flagged by FBI agents who wanted Twitter to take it down. It had three retweets. And under the standard of the now-established Mackey conviction, they can claim anyone who saw that tweet and misinterpreted it could have had their civil rights violated or a conspiracy to do so. The standard now has been set and the gauntlet thrown. We now live in a significantly less free internet. The best response to this from an individual perspective, post less, even if you're anonymous. If you screw with somebody like Hillary, they will track you down to the ends of the earth and potentially throw you in prison for a decade for a crime of her running a terrible campaign. <laughs> Ultimately, this is about elite protection. They target those who make a mockery of them. When they make a mockery of us, they get rewarded. All right, and so the precedence here, of course, is if they can start convicting people of meme behavior and sharing information that they deem as uh, malinformation, right? It sets a precedence legally to come after people like you and me, I'm assuming. People that are just sharing fun things online, right? And further on this topic, here's another interview from a Matt Taibbi, who is kind of the lead on the Twitter files whole expose thing. Uh, this gentleman uh, was a fellow reporter uh, Michael Schellenberger, who talks about how intelligence agencies infiltrated social media companies and why they're keeping an eye on people uh, that they might disagree with. Exciting as hell, man. I mean, seriously, uh, there's been a lot of misinformation about that itself, but Barry Weiss contacted me. Um, she lives in L.A. and she got in and she's like, how soon can you get over here? And I was like, let me finish this interview I'm on and I'm over. And yeah, it was incredible. Um, you know, I'd never met Elon before. You know, I met him at the coffee station, just making himself a cup of coffee. He had no idea who I was. And yeah, we just got into it. It was a, you know, I was sort of the, the, the least known of the big three journalists that were there. It was Barry Weiss and Matt Taibbi, who was on. And they'd already started thinking about how to kind of what to go after. And Matt had done a story on the Hunter Biden laptop already. Um, and then we were starting to look at January 6th because Trump gets deplatformed on January 8th. And so because I'm like the junior member of that uh, threesome, so to speak, they gave me January 7th. So the first thing we one of the first things we did was just to look at how they made a decision to get to pull Trump off the platform. And it turned out that the 7th was an important day because that was when they started to rationalize this decision to deplatform Trump even though their own people inside had decided that he had not violated their terms of service. So they were sort of stuck making up a reason mm. to deplatform him. And that was an important theme, was that they just kept changing the rules. 
basically to to do what they wanted to do. And that was the same thing on the Hunter Biden laptop. The New York Post story that they censored also had not violated their terms of service. So, I mean, look, it was crazy. I mean, it was, uh, you know, people always ask questions about the about the files themselves. But, you know, the experience was we would ask for these searches and we just get back huge amounts of data. It was lots of thousands and thousands of emails, thousands of internal messages on their Slack messaging system. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was, you know, some of it was very boring because you have to just read tons and tons of stuff. But, you know, we I think the big theme was we start by seeing a real, you know, it's super progressive. It's like 99% of campaign contributions from Twitter staff are going to Democrats. You know, the head of safety at, at Twitter, this guy named Yoel Roth, who, you know, said, you know, said there's actual Nazis in the White House when Trump came in. He's very progressive. But over time, we just kept finding like this weird, like FBI wants us to do this. You know, there's these other government agencies. Oh, you know, this, uh, all these people used to work at the FBI. Uh, the CIA shows up, Department of Homeland Security. And we're kind of like, what the hell is going on? And the story quickly shifted from us sort of, and I think what Elon thought, which was that it was just very progressive people being biased in their content moderation and their censoring to there is a huge operation by U.S. government officials, U.S. government contractors, and all of these super sketchy NGOs getting money from who knows where, basically demanding that Twitter start censoring people. And at that moment, the story shifted for all of us. And that was, I think, where Taibi became particularly important and sort of the lead because he had had so much experience on, on sort of looking at how the U.S. government during the war on terror had waged disinformation campaigns, propaganda campaigns, and it became clear to us, you know, over time that the U.S. government had turned its propaganda and disinformation campaigns that it had been waging abroad, it turned them against the American people. And that was where you just started to get chills up your spine and you were like, this something seriously sinister is going on. Do we know when this began? Like, when did they infiltrate these organizations? Because I'm, I'm sure it's not just Twitter, right? I'm sure right. it's... Oh, no, absolutely not. That's part of what was so terrifying is that it was all of the social media companies, including Wikipedia, by the way, which we don't talk enough about, but also all of the mainstream news organizations are all being organized. So when does it start? You know, it really what you're looking at is the apparatus that was created by the war on terror over the last 20 years, starting after 9-11. Then there was a battle against ISIS because ISIS was successfully recruiting on social media. So there was sort of a counter ISIS recruiting campaign that occurred. Then you get the big event is Brexit 2016, Trump's election in 2016, and the establishment just freaks out absolutely freaks out and they there's a lot of different motivations here so one of the motivations is just to blame facebook blame social media for trump's victory it was never true i don't really think anybody really believed it there's just you know it just there was just for a variety of reasons we can talk about there was never any good evidence that the whatever russians did had much of any influence any measurable influence on the outcome of the campaign but they started to scapegoat the the social media companies as a way to get control over them. And so then they started then in 2017, they set up, well, two things happen, or many things happen. The Department of Homeland Security just declares election infrastructure to be part of their mission of protecting election infrastructure. And that meant protecting the media environment, protecting. 
protect. Put it that in quotes. You know, yeah. it's creepy. It's patronizing. It's a power move. So that's the first thing that happens. They create something called the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency within the Department of Homeland Security to supposedly protect the media environment from foreign influence. They create something called the the Foreign Influence Task Force with the FBI to basically start policing domestic speech on these platforms. They start organizing all the social media companies to participate in these meetings. So you had Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, in here, and he says to you, there's this critical moment where you ask about the Hunter Biden laptop, and he goes, well, yeah, um, you know, in the summer of 2020, all these FBI guys come to us saying there's going to be a hack and leak operation involving Hunter Biden, which is super suspicious because, as everybody now knows, the FBI had Hunter Biden's laptop in December 2019. Mm. What freaked me out, and I was, I had, so by the way, I was a victim of the Hunter Biden laptop disinformation. I thought that, I, I voted for Biden. I thought that it was a, I thought that that laptop was Russian disinformation. I just bought the whole thing. And this is some, from somebody who. You're a journalist. I'm supposedly a journalist, <laughs> right? <I'm, laughs> so called journalist. I bought it. You know, I'm still a big liberal in so many ways. And everybody I knew was like, oh, you know, and besides Trump, it was just he's so, for all the reasons that progressives bought that the laptop was fake. I bought that it was fake. So so then when you realize that it was real and that everything in that New York Post story on October 14th, 2020 was was accurate, I start seeing stuff in the emails. The thing that really freaked me out was this thing that Aspen Institute, a, a call, it's called a tabletop exercise, and it was actually a Zoom call, to role play how to deal with a Russian hack and leak around Hunter Biden. This is like in June of 2020. So this is like months before the New York, before months before Rudy Giuliani gets that la- the laptop, but before Rudy Giuliani gives the laptop to New York Post. Why in the hell is Aspen Institute holding a tabletop exercise to pre-bunk? Basically, they are training or brainwashing all these journalists. And I mean, it's CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, Wikimedia uh, Foundation, the Wikipedia folks, um, the networks, all of the social media companies all coming together to be like, okay, well, if if something is leaked, then we should not cover it in the way that journalists have traditionally covered it. Meanwhile, Stanford University, a few a few months earlier, had put out a report saying reporters should no longer follow the Pentagon Papers principle. Well, the Pentagon Papers, of course, is this famous episode. It was Steven Spielberg made a whole movie about it, where the Washington Post and New York Times published these internal Pentagon documents showing that the U.S. government was losing the war in Vietnam. Right? This is Daniel Ellsberg, and he just releases it. He steals these documents. He breaks the law, steals these documents, gives them to the newspapers. The newspapers publish them. It's this kind of incredible moment in American journalism where we are like the First Amendment gives these newspapers the right to publish uh, hacked, (laughs) so-called hacked, but leaked information. And here you have Stanford University, Aspen Institute saying, oh, no, no, no. That's all. We should stop doing that. Journalists should no longer write about leaked information in that way. Instead, we should focus on the person who leaked it. So it's it, it really sent chills up my spine. Uh, you know, it was just it was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen. And and this is of course you got to remember Aspen Institute is funded by the U.S. government. Yeah. Stanford's funded by the U.S. government. So this is people go oh well you're just 
one of the responses we've got is they go, oh, you're just talking about, you know, content moderation by private companies. No, we're talking about U.S. government funded organizations. You can't if the U.S. government is censoring information, that's obviously a violation of the First Amendment. But if the U.S. government is funding somebody else to censor information, that's also a violation of the First Amendment. You can't indirectly. It's still a violation if you're if you're funding somebody to demand censorship. So. That was quite a steeplechase, but there's a lot here. I mean, it's a lot a lot of people, a lot of institutions, a lot to unpack, and that was part of the reason I wanted to reach out. So it's a lot to unpack, of course, and uh, when I, as we look at the infiltration of government into social media and we see how there's not only the pronged attack against people and their ability to share information or share a varying opinion, but also the direct censorship of harmful malinformation as deemed by these agencies so it's a multi-pronged attack against freedom of speech and this is what's not being focused on by the mainstream media a lot of the decisions such as the banning of tiktok that is being pushed through congress and the decision to allow this to continue to go and the people who have uh, challenged uh, the establishment, so to speak, being able to be l- under legal consequences, this is big news. And and yet we're covering, of course, things like Trump possibly having a misdemeanor escalated to something that I'm pretty sure he's going to get out of, right? So why are we focusing all our attention on these topics and not on these topics, such as, uh, you know, why are they getting ready to ban a, a massive bastion of free speech, despite the fact that it's probably Chinese monitoring as well? But, you know, you, you, you're being monitored by the Patriot Act and all kinds of video surveillance all the time, everywhere anyways, uh, as Jim Brewer puts in this quick video. Check this out. TikTok is wreaking havoc with too much information, too much truth, too much videos, and... It has awakened a monstrosity of humanity. Oh, TikTok is free. Please, your phone, Google, everywhere you go, you got to fill out your name, your address. You, can, you They take your eyes, your passport. Don't give me some nonsense that they're spying on you. This is another reason why they want to ban TikTok. TikTok is wreaking havoc. Wow. Well put, I think, uh, why they're wanting to ban TikTok. As I shared in last week's episode, you know, one of the most searched topics on TikTok, over 2 billion views or something, was Flat Earth. I wonder why. I mean, there's people sharing some stuff that's really uh, making people question even the reality we live in. So, uh, of course, they want to get that banned as quickly as possible. And the guise of, oh, it, you know, we're being spied on by China. China, Right is why they're doing it at the same time you know over here the little birdie's going oh the twitter files oh elon musk is such a great guy oh he's exposing how the fbi is working to ban and censor people and and working against our freedom of speech but at the other side you know back behind us you know they're passing through this legislation to ban an entire platform full of people speaking truth i wonder what's going on here right Similarly, on this topic, uh, a French woman is being arrested and faces a $13,000 fine for calling President Macron filth on Facebook. Oh, wow. 
that's kind of interesting. You know, it's almost as if Europe has progressively gotten worse and we're just following in their footsteps. Um, but it, it's no surprise uh, that, you know, we're also seeing kind of the 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 back and forth. Right. We're also seeing congressional effort to end Assange prosecution underway while people are getting in legal trouble, for example, for sharing memes about Hillary Clinton. Uh, somehow the heroes in Congress are pushing through an effort to end Julian Assange's WikiLeaks persecution. So it's, it's crazy. It's like, what is the actual agenda? Are there good guys and bad guys playing this game? Are they all on the same team just pushing through distractions? I don't know. But it's, uh, it's just something that's really interesting to me and... By the way, uh, during our show, if you've noticed I'm getting progressively redder, it's not totally my lighting. Uh, I could probably adjust it a little bit. It's just the room I'm recording this in is getting progressively hotter. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have any kind of air conditioning right now in this studio. Uh, So that, you know, bad weather brought in some hot air uh, just recently. So uh, forgive my uh, red skinned nature. Um, you know, uh, I'm a red skinned man. I've, as I've seen big bear, uh, also be very proud of in a recent interview. Uh, I, I too am a very tall, uh, uh, very, uh, rosy cheeked individual who's here touting truth. And, and I'm so excited for our interview with big bear, uh, I kind of view Jeremiah and I as like the next generation. You know, we, we don't have things all perfect. We don't have everything figured out. I'm not going on purity trips, by the way. I'm just sharing the things that get me excited about faith and life and truth and our endless pursuit of the truth, right? And with that said, there's one last interesting off-topic video that I wanted to share. It was shared by a, a fellow bear, right? Crafty Grower Bear had this to uh, post. It's uh, the late David Wynn Miller and a really, really interesting take on language. In school, so when you graduate, I don't care if you got a PhD, you have a second grade reading level. The, the three words, see the ball, or state of Wisconsin, is a pronoun, adverb, verb. There's no such thing as a verb Wisconsin or a verb America. Just for a little bit more clarification, the, the adverb, so this is how I understand adverb when I'm doing parsing. And it's ADV, no contract. Yeah. So you have, uh, for example, the bank. Uh, the would be a straightforward adverb. Correct. But in the world of conventional ga- grammar, what we also have is that the T-H-E, A-N, and the A are known as articles. And an article is usually found in conventional grammar in front of a fact. But of course they don't call it a fact, they call it a noun, which is a modified fact. It's a no-no. It's a no-no. So this is how I began to syntax. I realized that they are communicating, the, the people that corrupt the language, they're communicating to me in different parts of my uh, processor. It's different parts of my brain. So. I'm, I'm aware of RAM state and what trans state is. And I realize that's how they're speaking to me because article quite literally is 
the process of artistry. ART is creation. Creation. Which and is illusion, is. imagination. IMM, ILL, yeah. no contract. And they're telling me, my subconscious mind, albeit my RAM state, my trance state, exactly how the poison is being injected into me and subduing me, subduing my biology, and as you folks say, controlling my vessel. TV, radio, newspapers, magazines, all written in fiction. And that's how we know that an advert is actually like an article, because an article changes it, and changes the modification, as you say, and that's done by grammar, which are the rules of writing near-perfect poetry. This interview is done in Babel, because Babel is the only language that everyone understands. But as we, we pick out the key words... In our babble, we will break those down into no contract and explain to the people that they, are, they may hear one thing, but they're actually hearing nothing until we explain and pull the nothings out and, and make them aware of the nothings. So the first rule of a teacher is to communicate with its student. Once the communication is established, we can then break it down into, into writing, which are the hieroglyphs on paper, Paper is a vessel in a sea of space. All vessels must have flags and advertise their their transportation and must pay the postage to move it between point A and point B if they wish to make contract with another human being. You say paper is in maritime. Can you tell, tell me why paper is in maritime? Because it's a vessel in a sea of space. Staring me right in my face. Earth is a vessel in a sea of space. Earth is a vessel. All things on the vessel are cargo. So therefore, all things are maritime. In 1969, we never went to the moon, I'll tell you that right now. You can't get the band, you can't get through the radiation belt. We don't have technology to protect the astronauts from that. And of course, there was 38 different angles of shadows in the, in the, in the video that we saw on our little fuzzy 280-line black-and-white TVs in 1969. And uh, so nobody would know the difference, you know. But uh, when you when you break it all down, uh, the whole thing was to make a statement. Oh, look at Earth. It's a vessel in a sea of space. And the next day, the yellow fringe flag went up under maritime law on every courtroom on the planet, in every flag on the planet. You go to the United Nations, they have seven flags in front of each of the embassy, 200 embassies. And they're all yellow French flags with a gold braid on it and a, and a gold rope. And anything you put on top of the standard cancels the, the constitution of the flag, contract of the flag. You put a Coke can on top of the standard and it cancels the, the flag. And when you look at a uh, United States dollar bill, the wings of the eagle are up, that's, merit, that's uh, postal. But when you see the eagle's wings down, that's a phoenix. And a phoenix is a fict fiction bird from Harry Potter. And that's the Vatican. It's fiction. All right, so that is so interesting to me because I know we're about to get into our interview with Big Bear after Opus Corner. And we're probably, you know, we're definitely bringing up the FE topic, right? But this guy asserted something that I've never thought of before. 
the fact that by going to the moon, supposedly, they were able to turn around and they see the Earth in space, right? And that therefore declares that the Earth is a vessel and all that is on the Earth is its cargo, therefore giving the whole maritime authority over all the Earth, negating natural law and instituting uh, the, you know, the very complicated maritime law understanding of authority over individuals, courtroom interaction, all of these things, and and just the fact that he mentioned all these flags went up right around the time that they turned around and were like, oh, yes, it is a vessel. It would be a very... Point, it would be very beneficial for us to treat the Earth as a boat, and we will be its sea captains or its gods, and we will then, you know, in- implement our judges who will act in the maritime judicial system and override a person's rights as natural living men and women, and we will usurp it with our dastardly plan. And uh, it's just something that I've never thought of before, and and I found it very, very interesting, and it's tied to the topic uh, of Effie that we'll be discussing with uh, the Big Bear here shortly. So that's all the news I have for today and my exciting uh, little breakdown of the Passover season and uh, also just, you know, sharing some of the, the little insights that I've picked up from Big Bear over the years, some of his posts he's shared recently and, and why I think you guys should be really excited for this interview. So before we do that, of course, let's get into some of our other segments. Back to you, Jeremiah. Thank you, Jake, for another great current news as always. Now a word from our good friend and sponsor, JJ. Now a word from our sponsor. Now personally, I've tried every CBD product on the market to help me manage my pain. I have degenerative disc disease and nothing has ever helped me until I tried JJ's Natural CBD Rub. So when I found out that we had the opportunity to work together, I was so excited that I could share this amazing product with you guys here on Skiba News Nation. So if you want to manage your pain like I did, text CBD to 920-382-7720 for an exclusive $50 off a three pack special. Also, check out all the testimonials on their website, jjcbdrub.com. Get pain relief like I did by getting yourself some JJ's Natural CBD Rub today. Check out more info down in the description below. Also, a big thank you. Should we go to just one camera? Also, big thank you to JJ because he made today's interview with Owen Benjamin happen by helping me with the ins and outs and all that stuff. So thank you again, JJ, for all that. And uh, now it's about that time for uh, an all-new Opus Corner. Take it away, Opa. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein hut. Und hat er well, 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 it's time for another Opa's Corner. A man was at the hospital and walked into a surgeon's office. 
Can I help you? The surgeon asked. I keep thinking that I'm a moth, the man replied. Well, you probably want to see a psychiatrist for that. Yeah, I know. The surgeon looked confused and said, Then why are you here? The light was on. That's a norm joke. That's great. Seniors are standing in line at a grocery store. It was a long line at 7.45 a.m., and the grocery store opened at 8 a.m. for seniors only. A young man came from the parking lot and tried to cut in at the front of the line, but an old lady beat him back into the parking lot with her cane. He returned and tried to cut in again, but an old man punched him in the gut, then kicked him to the ground and rolled him away. As he approached the line for a third time, he said, If you don't let me unlock the door, you'll never get in there. <laughs> a priest and a taxi driver arrive at the pearly gates. St. Peter welcomes them and shows them to their homes. For the taxi driver, a beautiful villa looking over a gorgeous field of clouds. Thank you, the enthusiastic taxi driver said. Anticipating an even bigger mansion, the priest was dismayed when they arrived at a small one-bedroom apartment. St. Peter, I'm a little puzzled, the priest began. As a clergyman, I devoted decades of my life to serving the Lord. How come the taxicab driver got a villa and for me, only a small apartment. St. Peter smiled. Up here we go by results. While you preached, people slept. While he drove, people prayed. <laughs> a blonde calls her boyfriend and says, Please come over here and help me. I have a killer jigsaw puzzle, and I can't figure out how to get started. Her boyfriend asks, What is it supposed to be when it's finished? The blonde says, According to the picture on the box, it's a rooster. Her boyfriend decides to go over and help her with the puzzle. She lets him in and shows him where she has the puzzle spread all over the table. He studies the pieces for a moment, then looks at the box, then turns to her and says, First of all, no matter what we do, we're not going to be able to assemble these pieces into anything resembling a rooster. Then he takes her hand and says, Secondly, I want you to relax. Let's have a nice cup of tea and then he said with a deep sigh. Let's put all of these cornflakes back in the box. <laughs> a sales rep, an administrative clerk, and a manager are walking to lunch when they find an antique oil lamp. They rub it and a genie comes out. The genie says, I'll give each of you just one wish. Me first, me first, says the administrative clerk. 
I want to be in the Bahamas, driving a speedboat without any care in the world. Poof, she's gone. Me next, me next, says the sales rep. I want to be in Hawaii, relaxing on the beach with my personal masseur in an endless supply of pina coladas and the love of my life. Poof, he's gone. Okay, you're up, the genie says to the manager. The manager says, I want those two back in the office after lunch. Moral of the story, always let your boss have the first say. <laughs> Jesus and Satan are arguing over who is better using the computer. They had been going at it for days, and God was tired of hearing all of the bickering. Finally, God said, Cool it. I'm going to set up a test that will run two hours, and I will judge who does the better job. So, Satan and Jesus sat down at the keyboards and typed away. They moused. They did spreadsheets. They wrote reports. They sent faxes. They sent email. They sent email with attachments. They downloaded. They did some genealogy reports. They made cards. They did every known job. But 10 minutes before their time was up, lightning suddenly flashed across the sky, thunder rolled, the rain poured, and of course, the electricity went off. Satan stared at his blank screen and screamed every curse word known in the underworld. Jesus just sighed. The electricity finally flickered back on, and each of them restarted their computers. Satan started searching frantically, screaming, It's gone! It's gone! I lost everything when the power went out! Meanwhile, Jesus quietly started printing out all of his files from the past two hours. Satan observed this and became irate. Wait! He cheated! How did he do it? God shrugged and said, Jesus saves. <laughs> a woman drove to the local grocery store to buy a turkey to prepare for dinner. She was picking through the frozen turkeys, but she couldn't find one big enough for her entire family. So she asked a stock boy, Excuse me, do these turkeys get any bigger? The stock boy replied, No, ma'am, they're dead. <laughs> Grade school math. The teacher asked, If I gave you two cats and another two cats and another two, how many would you have? Johnny, seven. No, listen carefully. If I gave you two cats, and another two cats, and another two, how many would you have? Seven. <sighs> Let me put it to you differently. If I gave you two apples, and another two apples, and another two, how many would you have? Six. Good. Now. If I gave you two cats 
and another two cats and another two, how many would you have? Seven. Johnny, where in the heck do you get seven from? Because I already got a freaking cat. <laughs> and now for the funny. You can never have too many cats. Dogs, when you come home. You're back. I didn't think you'd come back. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Cats, when you come home. Scritch, scritch. Sup. Hey, fellas. Check out my new ice cleats. The smell of burning feathers hung in the neighborhood for days. Hmm. How would you solve this problem? Throw money at it. <laughs> Medical alert bracelets for cats. I've climbed it and I can't get down. <laughs> you should see the ring Magnolia got for her birthday. You never pine over me like that. It's not okay. In fact, it makes me sycamore. <laughs> birch, birch, birch. <laughs> The following footage of water puddles on the front lawns may be disturbing to some viewers. <laughs> okay, let's see. That's a curse on you, and a curse on you, and a curse on you. <laughs> Oh, they're fine. I just found that dachshunds are easier to manage when you braid them. <laughs> Dog mimes. Oh, look. Now he's inside an invisible fence. I got a dish, but it only picks up the food channel. <laughs> Where Argyle sweaters come from. <laughs> Early pinatas. I've knocked over lots of stuff, but this was my greatest achievement. <laughs> Chirp. Great. Now I'm gonna have that stupid song stuck in my head all day. <laughs> Thank you.
We met online. <laughs> Dave, I don't care how high on nip you were. Never click on a link that says, check out this piece of string. <laughs> It's called Catch and Release. Oh, God. The world's gone mad. <laughs> when I was a puppy, I walked to school uphill, backward in the snow with a cone on my head. <laughs> Hmm, no, I think I'd like it better over there. <laughs> the Sarcastosaurus was soon extinct. <laughs> wow, well done. You sure scared me. You should pat yourself on the back. Oh, right. <laughs> I just remembered my humans are coming back from vacation tonight and I didn't leave them a welcome home barf. <laughs> you better get on that. <laughs> Like other legendary Brits, young Eric Clapton discovered his destiny quite by accident. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they keep cleaning it. <laughs> Recently in front of a shoe store. That's Carl. He actually made it in the fashion industry. <laughs> that thing is take, trying to take our jobs. <laughs> Grocery list. Let's see. Rancid butter, rotten eggs, moldy cheese, spoiled fruit. <laughs> I'm starting to think the water might be too fluorinated. <laughs> All I remember, officer, is he acted very silly. <laughs> Cat puns freak me out. Seriously, I'm not kitten. <laughs> and that concludes an Opa's Corner today. Mein Hut, der hat drei Ecken. 
Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. at Opa's Corner Breaking News Report. We have just received word that Opa has been given the pink slip on Opa's Corner. His firing was said to be because of too many cat jokes. We have reached out to Opa for his comments. Man, this is fake news. There's a conspiracy against me about using too many cat jokes. Nothing could be further from the truth. Cats aren't even funny. There's also fake news reports that I dislike dogs. I love dogs, bigly. In fact, I have a wiener dog. Make dogs great again. And by the way, the CIA is using cats to spy on me. We have a report from an unreliable source that Opa is being replaced by Barty the Purple Dinosaur. This has been an Opa... Huh? What? Uh, oh. A Barty Breaking News Report. We now return you to your regular programming. I love you, you love me, we're a happy family, with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you, won't you say you love me too? Now I don't know who gave Opa that pink slip, but uh, that is fake news. Uh, I did not approve that. I'm a proud parent of three cats, and I love the cat jokes. So, Opa, you're hired. Opa gets more mail than I do, I must admit. Thank you, Opa, for another great Opa's Corner. Now it's time for our exclusive interview with the great Owen Benjamin. Check this out. Hey. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome to Skiba News Nation, man. I'm excited. Let's do it. Let's rock. Cool, man. Well, I just want to say thank you for coming on Ski News Nation. Uh, we haven't had any guests like like you. Like, it's just awesome that you're here. We're, we were talking about how nervous we were earlier because we love your show. But uh, oh, don't be nervous, man. I'm retarded. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met. Uh, I know you love Norm Macdonald a lot. Like yeah, almost, yeah. yeah. If not just as much as I do, uh, do you know anything about him being a potentially a flat earther or a uh, 
or that they faked the moon landing like those were his beliefs well if you watch his like if you watch his comedy it, it kind of seems like that's what he's saying but i don't know he, he always played it pretty close to the chest which is uh probably why he was mainstream well i got two clips do you mind if i play them no go for it i want to get your reaction so you're gonna play oh. that first one Now, it is time for me to get famous through the computer. Trick shot videos are all over the internet. Millions of people have checked out the latest from 12-year-old Johnny Sullivan from Iowa. I'm gonna try to hit that jug off the pole. Blindfolded. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good, huh? No. Uh, and he got 250,000 hits. I can easily beat that, obviously. I went out this afternoon with a camera crew. You know what that means? Feel peace. Hey, I'm gonna make a viral video. Look at that American flag up there on the moon. And here it is, right here. That was very impressive, until you realize one thing. It was fake. <laughs> it was fake. Let's do some real ones. I, I mean, I just love watching Norm clips because he was real good at telling you what he really thought, but in a very smooth way to where it was kind of like hidden, like almost coded. That's how I see Norm. Yeah, that's the way, uh, that's the way to do it when you're, uh, especially when you're a comedian in the mainstream. I think that there's, you can say almost, you can be as direct as humanly possible without actually being direct. And Norm was the king of that. I think about that sometimes because I'm really direct. And yeah. so, uh, I don't know. I just didn't want to be that guy. I mean, I, I have friends that are like that, but I just don't care. I'm like, who gets to make the rules? Like, why do we have to pretend like, uh, you know, <laughs> that we don't know something we know? Yeah. I mean, now they're trying to cancel all comedy, I feel. And it's just, it's so upsetting because it's my favorite art form. Like, it helps me when I'm sad or depressed or whatever. And that's why I miss Norm because... Uh, he helped me through a lot uh, in some of my darkest moments, but uh, yeah, you can't cancel comedy though. It's like as long as someone can talk and someone can laugh. So, like one thing that seems to be happening is people almost like inadvertently give consent to the quote-unquote powers that be by thinking that they can do things they can't possibly do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, it's like, oh, now Steven Spielberg wants to control all our dreams. You know, it's like, well, you know, he can't, unless you, like, want him to. Everything's consent in this realm, I'm starting to realize. It's like, this is like this big, it's this big realm where, like, people can just say, hey, do you want to, uh, you want to be a part of this thing or that thing? And you either say yes or no, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. They tried to cancel, cancel me more than anyone in the history of comedy, and it not only didn't work, it backfired pretty badly, because I just wouldn't accept it. Yeah, I just wouldn't accept their uh, the, their claim or their offer. Because everything's an offer, dude. I went down every rabbit hole there is. And it's like, there's no there's no tyranny. I know that sounds, a lot of truthers have a hard time with that because they almost get comfortable with tyranny where they're like, oh, they're doing this, they're doing this, Agenda 23, blah, blah, blah. They can make offers with comfort all they want. And all you have, the real N word is no. You're just like, I'm good. And they're like, no, no, but you have to, but, but this is, and you're, they're like, you know, like debt is money, debt is money, sodomy is fertility, you know, and you're like, no, and they're like, no, it isn't, no, you make babies in a butt, you know, and you're like, no, you don't though, like you never will, oh no, back to the drawing board, and then I realized that uh, the, 
that the more you don't accept it, the more they almost become like your slave. Yeah. So they, then they want to like serve you. They're like, am I doing good now? You know, <laughs> and just like, good job, Ira. Yeah, when they demonize people, it just makes them more popular. I mean, that's what I personally think about Trump is with all this, you know, them trying to put him in jail. It's just making him more popular. He's more popular now than he ever was. And every time they yeah. like I saw Louis C.K., which I was kind of somewhat disappointed in recently after he was, quote unquote, canceled. And there were more people there than the time before he was in Austin. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, to the point where I almost think Trump knows. He's like, hey, right, guys, you gotta, you gotta arrest me. Everyone's starting to know I'm full of shit. <laughs> you know, because uh, the fact he let everybody get arrested after January 6th and he did Operation Warp Speed, it's like, I mean, I live in North Idaho. I mean, this is where I live. I literally live in, like, it's a Beautiful. place where people are worried about militias and no one cares about trump anymore people are like oh yeah that guy sucks <laughs> so he's like so he has to be a martyr now you know yeah because operation i mean he still calls himself the father of the vaccine and all these right wingers forget all that they're like he's like that vaccine was mine i fucking did it it's america everybody's like dude we're anti-vaxxers like what are you doing he's like oh no nah. <laughs> he's like come on arrest me it's hilarious yeah, I kind of wonder if he's going to flip the script anytime soon as the election cycle comes up with all the anti-vax kind of propaganda kind of fading away. I wonder if he's going to start being like, ah, I tried to warn you all the time, <laughs> the whole time, oh, oh. going from claiming it before. Oh. Yeah, no, 100% he's going to do that. He does it all the time. Like, I just saw this clip where uh, somebody was like, so you see the Bible is your favorite book. Dude, if you see this clip, it's freaking hilarious. They're like, they say the Bible is your favorite book. Like, what's your favorite part of the Bible? He's like, the whole thing. It's all fabulous. And he's like, and they're like, no, but specifically, like, what part of the Bible? He's like, you know, it's really personal for me. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole thing is my favorite. The whole, Edge, the whole. Edge and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, do you like the Old Testament more or the New Testament? He's like, uh, all of the Testaments are fantastic. <laughs> And everybody's like, okay, you don't know what the Bible is. He's like, I, I'm always saying that it's my second, Art of the Deal is my second favorite book. The first is the Bible. And, and everybody's like, dude, you're, because the reason he's so much more likable than a Hillary Clinton is because he's not a sadist, but he is a psychopath. Like Hillary Clinton looks like she likes to put people in pain or she like enjoys it. Like, you know, you look at Biden, you're like, that dude likes kids. You know, he's, oh yeah. you look at Trump, you're like, oh no, he's just like a used car psychopath. Like he will say absolute, cause they're all crazy in the government. Like they're all nuts, you know? And he'll say and do anything to get you to like him, but he doesn't like to like hurt a kid in my opinion. Yeah, he's a phenomenal businessman. I mean, that's how he spent yeah, his Yeah, yeah, well that's whole... what business is. He just, he just will say and do anything to get that next level, to get that ring. Yeah. It's fascinating shit. Yeah, it is. The government doesn't even matter, though. That's the thing. Is so many people focus on the government. I'm like, dude, the, the banking system, the, 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 the entire government's like a kabuki theater to keep you entertained that has nothing to do with anything. Like, they don't do – they don't know that we're off the gold standard, half of them. Like, have you seen that clip recently that uh, about all the felons in, in Congress? No. I got to send that to you. Dude, they – it's this one guy, he's, he's being hilarious. He's uh, 
he's saying which one's the NBA and which one's the NFL, and he's listing all the convictions like spousal abuse, you know, DUIs, felony, they can't get a credit card. Like, it's the list is nuts. There's like 80 DUIs, like, and how many, like, uh, uh, attempted murder uh, charges, like, all this stuff. And at the end, he just goes, oh, it's the Congress. Like, the Congress is so corrupt that it, it doesn't, they, they just get these scumbags and they get them to do whatever uh, they need them to do. And that's it. I mean, look at that that Fetterman guy. I mean, the guy <laughs> he doesn't he can't know. can't even talk. Yeah. yeah. And that's what makes him such a good politician because literally they just get their voting orders and then they do it. And that's it. That's why they're uh, put in Congress. And so it doesn't matter. It's all economic. It's all about the uh, Fed fiat system. And that's all based on our choices as consumers and yada, yada. But it's a good time. Just I'm all about growing my own food and having a big family. I know that, that's awesome. I know one of our viewers had a question for you, and it was, "Why did you pick uh, I Idaho?" And they were like Texas, you know, Arizona. Why Idaho? And I like uh, the winter because it. Uh, I don't know. I, it just keeps your kids strong, in my opinion. And also, I like the laws here, and I had a lot of friends here. So uh, the laws here are great because in Washington, I was getting some stalkers and. I realized that um, that I couldn't potentially shoot them legally. Yeah, so it's important to have good laws when you're in the public eye and you have uh, uh, and you have people that make a lot of death threats. So it's uh, I wanted to be in a place where I'm not worried about any of that stuff. But I'm, I want to be in a place where you're not prosecuted for defending yourself. In Idaho, Missouri, you know, those are uh, the best states for that. And also, uh, it's just got it's beautiful here. It reminds me of Switzerland. The people are strong. It's awesome. It's like relatively close to my wife's family, who I wanted, uh, you know, uh, in my children's lives. And uh, I'm a glacier monkey, man. I'm, you know, I'm a giant ice man. So I need the winter. I thought about. I mean, Florida's pretty cool, but uh, it's getting too crowded. Yeah, everybody's moving from their their state to go move to Florida or Texas, and too many yeah. people are moving in. They're putting a Universal Studios. Biblical. Right down yeah. the road from there's us. There's something biblical going to the wilderness, almost kind of escaping to connect with God and connect with nature, coming out of the city system mainly, wherever that is. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's all kinds of prophecies, like end times prophecies are just describing a city. Like, <laughs> you know, like even there's one about uh, the stars falling from the sky and like being on the earth. And I'm like, yeah, that's like light pollution. So... If you're like in a city, you can't see the stars ever. It's almost like the stars are on the ground, like all the lights on the ground. And you come out to the country and that's what's got me a lot more into, uh, you know, stargazing and gotten like, uh, you know, night vision, all that. Because they're just like, boom. I mean, I can look at constellations from my bed. It's just like, you know, the stars are unbelievable. And so coming out here, having goats and cows and alpacas and chickens and ducks and having like a, a farm where I can raise my my four sons it's like um I don't want that I don't want the uh conveniences of an urban life because you know it makes um makes soft people and you know I'm trying to make sure my kids have a good shot you know moving forward and there's because there's going to be some real hard times yeah yeah I think it's awesome just your mindset of going into the country, raising family. Uh, I think uh, both of the communities that kind of Rob Skiba had and then our community and 
and your community are, are really adjacent in a lot of those ways. Not to mention that we share a very similar view on cosmology and and what the state of the world is. I mean, uh, I know even Rob kind of veered away from the term flat Earth, but he more leaned into biblical cosmology and and yeah, you it's also. Smart. Yeah. Um, you know, lean, you know, you, you describe yourself as a realm earther, which is cool. Uh, yeah. Or and, a globe uh, skeptic. <laughs> yeah. They're like, don't, yeah, feel, like, don't let them have their little traps. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, you're a homophobe. I'm like, I'm not a homophobe. I'm just not into sodomy. You know, just like, don't, it's like, I'm not afraid of gay people. I just don't, I just don't like sodomy for society. And then they're not really equipped. It's same with like, like flat earther, they put an image in your head where there's a disc floating in space and it looks retarded. Mm -hmm. So you just you just convey the same meaning without saying flat. I don't mind saying flat earther. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, like a lot of people understand what flat earther means, but the the way it's used as a derogatory term, it's like uh, you know, like I someone called me a white supremacist or no, what was it? I? So I started calling myself a height supremacist. Just to show how stupid that's not. Like, you just use these little games to show people what that is. It's like, oh, I'm not a white supremacist. I'm a height supremacist. Like, if you're under 6'4", I don't consider you a man. <laughs> that's great. Just like, they laugh. Because laughter is a vibratory state that allows people to shift. It's like alchemical. It's like, uh, if someone's laughing, or if someone, I know this sounds a little uh, aggressive with a couple of fellas, but it's the same with, like, arousal. You know, it's like when you're in a state, or fear, you know? you're in a state of laughter arousal or fear you can actually change your mind if you're not in that state you really can and so you know me doing like a globe earth sniper i don't know if you guys have ever seen that cartoon the globe earth sniper and it's just a cartoon where it's uh, a sniper who just keeps factoring in the spin and he just keeps missing everybody and it it redirects who's the vic like who's the chaser like who's the rabbit and who's the wolf you know, because a lot of truthers are always on their back heels, like defending themselves, defending themselves. Stop defending yourself. Like, like you're not, a, like we're not victims. You know, like I have always considered myself more of the predator than the prey. And so for a little while, I kept trying to convince people I wasn't crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to make fun of how stupid it sounds that you're factoring in the spin doing long range sniper work. Like no one's ever done that. And so it's just, or like Globe Earth uh, pilot. He just keeps crashing his plane. He's like, no, no, the dial says, <clears throat> you know, like if, you're, if your instruments aren't based on a flat, not moving plane, like you'll crash every time. And so that's what I did. I'm like, no, no, I, I'm not going to complain about the food. I'm going to grow my own. I'm not going to complain about the future. I'm going to grow my own. Like I'm not a victim. And I had a little bit of that for a bit when I was getting kicked out of Hollywood, but it's the same with um, the uh, biblical cosmology or any of that stuff. It's like, no, you you explain to me why you think we're spinning a thousand miles an hour in an infinite blackness, you know, and then accuse them of being gay. Just go, what are you gay? Yeah, that always works. <laughs> You're like, what are you gay? Yeah. Or a groomer? What's a groomer? A groomer? Oh, a groomer. Yeah, yeah. I just call people pedophile. I'm like. <laughs> It's that whole thing on Twitter. I'm just like, I was gone for five years. <laughs> well, we're glad you're back. Yeah, you. it, it's interesting the time frame between when you got kicked off of Twitter years ago and now being introduced back in. For example, like, you know, 2018, 2019, Flat Earth was like the biggest topic around. And uh, 
and it, you know there was on late night shows and all these conspiracy you know uh, topics about flat earth were going into the mainstream and then it kind of faded away into the the you know the background as all these other crazy very pressing important kind of conspiracies kind of started to come forward since 2020 with the medical stuff going on and uh, COVID yeah. nonsense and, and then now we have a bunch of crazy things uh, more recently and like the state of the world's kind of changed uh, like back then I mean do you think the way you approach sharing topics of truth has changed any than now because now back you know now it's a little uh, a different environment completely than 2017 2018 time frame yeah i've noticed the the environment's different on twitter it's pretty funny like i'm like hammering the moon landing right now and everybody's like we've already been through all this i'm like no 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 we're back because i've noticed that um the thing that really gets the isi run on you is when you're analyzing their current psyop which is what i did from you know april 2020 i was like no one's died. You know, I'm like, name one person who's died from COVID. Don't wear a mask. Blah, blah. I was like going, I, I was on it from day one. And it was like that with the trans kid movement, all of it. Like, I'm like a bloodhound when it comes to mass uh, manipulation. I mean, my dad had his PhD in, um, you know, uh, persuasion, public speech and mass comm. And it's like, it's mind control. It's like, literally, I completely understand how they do it. And so if you're hammering it while it's happening, like, the, like I made fun of, I did the, Famous Dave Chappelle joke five years before he did, like when it mattered. You know, Caitlyn Jenner, woman of the year, hasn't been a woman for a full year. Like, that's my joke. And so when I did it, I got kicked off everything. And then later after that operation passed, you know, they let Chappelle do it and be the controversy. But so that's why I'm not biting on this current, you know, trans shooter thing. Because if you pick it apart while it's happening, they always silence you. If you just hammer one op from a while ago to help people understand discernment and how to see through them, they don't. And so that's what I'm doing now on um, Twitter with uh, homesteading and the moon landing because they, they're not gonna kick you off for showing how the moon landing deception worked. But right now, if I'm picking apart what's happening in Nashville and all the ins and outs of that, they would absolutely just kick me right back off. Yeah, we're we're entering into a different phase of the internet too, which is interesting because we were in kind of the golden age of porous information distribution back in the 2010s, right? Where you could find videos on YouTube with all these conspiracies and this and that. And now we're kind of exiting the golden phase and entering into the whole 1984 AI, you know, censorship, uh, very heavily monitored phase of the internet. And it was almost beautiful how the flat Earth movement was able to grow back in late 2020, you know, 2015 or so when it kind of really blew up, um, which I don't think it would, it would be possible in today's world. And, uh, and, and now it's like the people that caught on to the truths that were presented in the flat earth movement back in that time, uh, were kind of given a gift of a love for the truth. And so that now, as we entered into these, the succeeding, conspiratorial deceptions and stuff it was almost like a big crop of people were prepared to be really fish you know fish out the deceptions that were going to come very quickly after yeah absolutely yeah and that's why we're entering more of a phase of self-reliance like my uh 
My platform is unauthorized.tv where we have our own private servers in multiple countries and our own uh, front end, back end, everything. Because what I've learned is you only control what you create. And so that's starting to really kick in. It's 1984 on platforms that, you know, they created, but not on mine, you know. I made my own social media. Like, Atari Times is a social media app that we made that is, uh, you know, it's not for truth stuff. It's more for like what, it is the ultimate truth stuff, but it's not about conspiracies. It's about like uh, growing gardens, families, finding employment, getting through economic hardship, all that. And that's growing every day. And so I'm optimistic about it because, you know, I was doing a bit recently on one of my streams about uh, how the ADL basically works for me now, where it's like, I made it through the looking glass and now any comedian who wants to make fun of Jews, I'll just call them up and get them shut down. It's mine. That's my turf. I make fun of Jews. <laughs> you know, and that, I find that to be hilarious. <laughs> well, and you're yeah. actually doing good. Like instead of normal social media, which is mostly toxic, you're actually doing it for a good purpose. That's pretty, exactly. pretty awesome. Exactly. Yeah, and it's not because I don't like Jews. And a lot of people realize that now. It's because I won't. I won't let people sit in the corner. I won't let people, um, I won't, uh, I won't accept protected classes because that's what you do to the, the damaged people. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, you can't do jokes about black people or people in wheelchairs or Jews or anything like that. I'm like, why? And, and the answer is because these NWO types don't see them as people, you know, the irony about this leftist globalist takeover thing is they are really, really into like white, tall, smart, like they're eugenicists. So it's like, they'll never say this out loud, but the whole thing is about that they don't see blacks as people or, uh, you know, they just see them as scum. And so, and I don't, I don't see them that way. I see uh, different cultures as different. Like I make fun of Canadians and the Danes and everybody. And it's because like the, the comedy is for everybody. It's like, and so when people just highlight certain jokes I do about certain quote unquote protected classes, my question is always, why are they protected? Like, why can't I make fun of the fact that, you know, the, the handicapped always get the best parking spots and it's infuriating, you know, it's like, that's funny. That's obviously funny. And I've had a lot of people that are handicapped write to me that it's really helped them like not feel like a victim to see me just rip on them. Cause it's like, there's really nothing worse you can do to someone than not include them in a joke. It's like, so you're telling me these Jews can't be made fun of at all. Like really they're doing nothing that you can make fun of. Like the little hats, or the, like, like biting off the tip of a dick is not something we can make fun of. It, Cause the same thing happened with Caitlyn Jenner. It's like, Oh, so Bruce Jenner now is a chick who just killed someone with the car. And I'm, I, I'm supposed to only make fun of Donald Trump. Why? And if you really unpeel it, like keep hammering it, the reason is because they don't think they can take it. That they, they think the tall, strong, white man is the only actual citizen. And, you know, as a tall, strong, white man, I'm, I'm all about that in a way. But also, no. I mean, it's like, it's just not fair. It's really gross to do that. And so I never accepted cancellation because... They don't get to cancel me. I'm a living man. Like they don't have any more power over me than, than I give them. You know. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the deceptions on uh, on the the whole topic of Jewish identity and the nation state of Israel is a really deep rooted one, and it's not only just because 
they're kind of a victim group that uses it for their advantage, but it, it even ties into uh, Christian identity that uh, they've kind of usurped, uh, oh, we're the people of the book through different denominational doctrines and things uh, that are kind of passed down in innocence and kept in ignorance. Uh, the church has kind of coddled this whole uh, protection of Jewish people. I mean, a, a, a homosexual guy living in Tel Aviv is called more a person of the book than, you know, somebody who, you know, is a, a modern, you know, Baptist Christian in today's world just because he claims he's a Jew and he's living in Israel, right? And so these oh, yeah, it's retarded. are really it's retarded. I always ask him which book. I'm like, a porno? <laughs> you know, like just have fun with it. Yeah. Be like, you're people of the book. Which book? Let me guess. A porn. And they're like, oh, that's the, the the thing that, and, and that's why it, it it won't last. I I would feel bad for them if they weren't such dicks. I'm like, guys, you're making a claim about land rights to a god that you not only don't believe in, you actively hate. Like, do you think that's gonna work? And they, like, short-term, all this stuff always works. Like, lies work really well short-term. It's like when someone first starts cheating on a trusting spouse, they can't believe what they're getting away with. And then, but once you lose that trust, once you lose your honor, you don't really get it back. You can only really sell out once. And then you can be redeemed, but you're never going to get that, that word back. You're never going to get that strength. And so the whole you know, permanent victim consciousness, the irony is, and I was talking to a Jewish friend about this recently, is all the vices they put on people and, and their victim consciousness is, is now blown back in their community. Like their community, a once very strong community. Like if you look back at the Jews of uh, 1920 versus 2023, it's like a different species. Like they were smart. They were, they created the federal reserve. Like they were like, smart strong really hard working they would they would uh, they would uh work with their hands they were like tough you know there were a lot of boxers a lot of like really strong jews now you look at them and you're like it's like a quivering puddle of bits. you know it's like <laughs> what are you people they're like you're trying to hurt me because that lie hurts them you know it's like you don't want to be a victim group that's the last place you want you and your pro uh posterity to be is considered a victim because it makes you not grow you know it's like as a farmer i have like a uh greenhouse and uh you know i i now grow we grow most of our own food now if those plants don't experience trauma and movement of air and like heart harshness they don't grow roots and they just die and so what what people think they're getting away with they don't really get away with they only do short term they indulge their flesh and then they just wither. It's like, you know, like right now that, um, with the exception of the, uh, what are they called? I don't remember what they're called. I call them the urban Amish. They all dress like Gargamel. Like those guys are crushing. But a lot of the Jews, they have no kids. They're like, most of them are gay. They're all on drugs. They're like, they, they're still wearing masks alone in their cars because like act like a victim, become a victim. Like that really is the nature of reality. And so, I wouldn't stress those guys because uh, it, they, they really, they're only hurting themselves and it's just, it's all good. You know, it's like, uh, just, just have a great life yourself. Yeah. I think one thing we've kind of started to realize is that, you know, the, the importance of keeping God's commandments, 
is really tied to blessings and curses. And the Jewish community, I think they realized that if they come into a culture and they themselves keep the commandments of God and then they kind yeah. of sell disobedience to other people, it allows them to rise in power as the curses that are kind of intertwined into reality fall on the, the goyim or whatever. And, and I think it's so amazing that as people realize that the word of God applies to our life and we should keep his commandments to be based, you know, moral people, and they kind of fall into their own trap that they've set up to rise above our ranks, right? And so now you have, you know, righteous, quote-unquote, Gentile people that are keeping God's commandments and getting blessed because of it, while you have this just d disastrous state of the modern culture that has trapped a lot of the people that, you know, a few generations ago were, quote-unquote, Torah observant, right? And it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a weird... No, exactly. That's why I love that neighbor is so important. And like, well, you do the weakest of me, you do to me and all that. Like, that's all true. It's like, uh, what they did is they just set traps for themselves. And now the more people see it, like, it, you know, if you think generationally, not just today or tomorrow. Yeah, they're, they're setting their own, you know, they're setting traps for themselves. And it's like, yeah, it's a huge advantage when you know something that someone else doesn't know. That's why I think they keep flat earth and all that stuff secret because if you convince someone that they're descended from retarded space monkeys and they're on a spinning ball in infinite blackness, they're very easy to control if you know uh, the truth about it. And so you set these traps and you set up the slave system, but you know technology outpaced the lie and people started seeing it. And now you're, gonna, now you're dealing with a very, very weakened elite class. And elite means walk with God, elite, of God, you know? And so, yeah, they, a lot of them are keeping the commandments more than a lot of the goyim, but that's shifting. One, they're becoming more sinful. And two, a lot of people that are outside that floating eyeball are uh, are seeing it. And it's like, that's why it's important to just grow through it and strengthen. Like, you don't even have to hurt them or get mad at them because they just did it to themselves. It's like, you know, it's like they're now in a state of eternal punishment. Like, the best thing any of us can do is just keep growing, building, and, you know, breaking through the cement and growing through the cement versus getting, you know, pointing at the, the scum and, and getting mad at them because they, they don't deserve it. So off topic, uh, sorry, do you think George Carlin will be canceled today? You know, because he was very famous for, for saying, you know, politically incorrect things and just... No, he wouldn't. I'll tell you why. I don't... I'm not a fan of his, and I know that's uh, a little surprising probably, because he was always pulling towards degeneracy, where it's like, mm -hmm. he was politically incorrect, because he was like, see, jerk, squirt, there's no God, suck it, fuck, suck. And, and everybody's like, oh! He was always fighting against the moral majority. He was not fighting against, uh, like, the cancel culture he was fighting against was being canceled for being scum. So he his side won. You know, he was trying to bring people into atheism, self-hatred, self-mutilation, promiscuity, baby murder. He has whole bits about how he loves killing babies. He loves, he sucks. He sucks. He's terrible. And so, uh, you know, he has a couple good jokes, but if you watch his specials, like I'll send you clips where it's like a demon. He's literally demonic. He's like, he's like, I'll take a baby out of a body and stop on it. And you're like, oh my God, would he be canceled today? No, he'd be on every, he'd be, a, he'd have a Netflix special every six months. So who would be canceled would be the guy saying, 
well, maybe women shouldn't wear pants. You know, like that would be canceled. Anybody trying to pull people away from this abyss everyone was jumping into in the 60s, they would be canceled. George Carlin nowadays would be like a mask wearing, you know, atheist fucking freak. Yep. You know, because that, that back then comedians were used to break the moral majority, break the decency code of Hollywood. You know, keep pushing the envelope, keep shocking. And they used alchemy, the laughter, to bring in hell. And so I know that, that everyone loves Carlin. They're like, oh, if Carlin's rolling in his grave. No, I mean, Carlin was a shock troop to bring in, um, you know, Lenny Bruce was actually more moral because mm -hmm. he was doing the whole, uh, the whole bit about, you know, he, like I, I could analyze some of Lenny Bruce's bits, but... I mean, he was still shock troop, but th those guys all all were operating to de degrade America, not to like right now. People get canceled for promoting family values, traditional values, saying the truth. Like I was kicked off Airbnb for saying that you shouldn't genitally mutilate a five year old. You know, so George Carlin would probably be eating a five year old's dick. Like he'd be like, ah, ah, there's a club and you're not in it. Ah, you know, demonic. Shit. I think on this same topic, uh, I've, we're kind of entering into the age of the mainstream truther and uh, some names like, you know, Russell Brand and, you know, Joe Rogan. They're, they're trying to tap into the truther community by trying to say, oh, look, we get it. We, you know, they do interviews and shows. Um, and I, I wondered your opinion on, on some of these more, uh, you know, current mainstream comedian truthers. Um, because they're, it's almost like they're trying to jump on the bandwagon of all the people waking up to the craziness of the world, and and at the same time, they're leading people astray. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it, because once someone starts developing the muscle of being a truther, you can see through Russell Brand and Joe Rogan a mile away. You know, it's like, like once you can figure out how to discern, you're, unless you fall for the trap of celebrity or money, you know, that's why the people that get tricked, a lot of times it's their choice to be tricked. Like you look at Russell Brand and you're like, look, a celebrity agrees with me. Or look, Joe Rogan, oh, he agrees with me. It's like, but what is he actually pushing? He's pushing heavy drug use, broken families, sodomy, lying. You know, uh, he, he calls, he says, I'm, uh, I lost my mind. Cause I did Rogan three times. And he said that I ate one pot edible and lost my mind and became a flat earther. He, he thinks flat earthers are the craziest, most deranged people in the world. He he was like just talking about me to Sanjay Gupta. It's like, he's like, oh yeah, I know a guy. He's just, he had one pop round and he lost his mind. Really, Joe, I lost my mind. Okay. I live on a debt-free organic farm with a giant family and I work from home and I'm really happy. Joe Rogan is on so many steroids that if he missed one cycle, he'd be Rosie O'Donnell in 15 minutes. <laughs> like, he's a fucking disaster. Like, I know offense. I know you guys are in Austin, so you're probably... I'm not trying to talk no, shit. I'm in he Dallas. He talks about me a lot. And so, I, I am, like... So, those type of guys, like Russell Brand, where he's like, have you ever thought about the uh, <laughs> deep things? You know, I got my... The deep things... You know, and you're like, okay, dude, you're fucking Johnny Depp from that pirate movie, and I'm not gonna listen to a word. <laughs> oh, you know, he's like, you know, he's like Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, you know, he literally does shit like this. He's like, 
Where's but, the black pearl? <laughs> okay, you're just playing a bit, man. You're you're, you're not. And I'm not. I'm not trying to be a dick. People like that. If somebody wants truth or light, and they just want to feel like a truther. It's almost. It's almost more dangerous than CNN and Fox, though, in my opinion, because when you give someone credibility for being a truther, they do even crazier stuff. Like Gavin McGinnis, who has this like credibility as a right winger, he dildoed his ass on a live stream to own Hillary Clinton. He literally pulled his pants down, shoved a dildo in his ass, and he's like considered a Christian and right wing and all this. I'm like, Anderson Cooper's never dildoed his ass on television. You know, like these guys get away with shit because people give them credit for being truthers or right wing. And it's like, you know, it is what it is. If people just want an excuse to watch a guy dildo his ass, I mean, go ahead. I think being a yeah, truther is the new like, punk rock. It's the new punk oh, rock. Yeah, yeah, it's the totally. new outsider. Yeah, yeah. And I think same that's why they're jumping on. Same with Homestead. They're trying to make it gay. The beauty of living in a uh, northern cold environment and having to do like shovel manure and do all the stuff I do is you can't make it gay. You try and throw gay guys because they're starting to do that, like home, uh, homestead makeover and all this shit, where they're like, "Oh my god, poopy!" <laughs> you know, they're really trying to like feminize and materialize and turn homestead into mammon and all this. They do it with everything. Something authentic happens, then they send in the boys to fucking make it. You know, oh, did you get? Did you see Pinterest? You can get a brand new like diamond encrusted fucking goat stand. You know, they do it all the time. And so, but you can't do it with hardship. It has to be based around comfort. So if your life actually has hardship, which that's why I like extreme Northern conditions, homesteading, you know, being outside the beast, not getting any um, help from social media and all that, it makes you strong and then they can't subvert it because subversion requires comfort where they're like, do you want to be a truther but not face any opposition? Welcome to Russell Brand. Here we go. You want to... Yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much what that is. <laughs> yeah, it makes me wonder if kind of that that door of truth, you know, that's untainted is kind of closing. I mean, uh, it seemed pretty undefiled back in the late 2010s, you know, as the FE movement was growing, as the anti, you know, people who were aware of 9-11, all this stuff. But now it's like these guys are coming onto the scene as catch-alls for all the people that are feeling uncomfortable because of the whole COVID. Yeah, and Joe Rogan kind of like called anti Yeah, and Joe Rogan openly called anti insane in the beginning of 2020. It's like, mm -hmm. and he was like, these people are, yeah, I'm not going to get pissed off, but it's just like they're such absolute, but they're Judas goats. They're the goat that walks the rest of the goats into slaughter. And if that, uh, the truth can't close. The truth, this is all the truth. Like, that's all the truth. Mm -hmm. You can't close it. It's right there. Like, yeah, on the internet, sure. Like, if you want to go to, like, different websites and have it, like, fed to you, yeah, it's going to be harder and harder. But at the same time, it's everywhere. Like, if someone just looks out at a fluffy cloud floating there, and if you're not addicted to pornography and just shoving chemicals in your mouth, you, you can see that we're not on a spinning ball. It's like right there all the time. And people are like, oh no, but the, the fluffy cloud is moving with you. And you're like, all right, man. The, the key is just to let him go. Just to be like, hey man, that's cool. That's cool. If you want to feel like you're on a spinning ball, that's fine with me. You know, if you want to, if you want to do that, if you want to just pound Mountain Dews and listen to Joe Rogan and whack yourself off, go ahead. 
I, I think you're way funnier yeah. than Joe Rogan, if I'm being completely honest, because I yeah, mean, it's not even he close. doesn't even do comedy. I feel it's just he tries to tell you he's trying to preach to you is what I get when I watch it. And I, f I feel like, you know, he's not really friends with the people he claims to be friends with. Sometimes it kind of no, seems he's not. unauthentic. And that's why, yeah. you know, when he talked bad about you, I was like, that's weird because he was just friends with them. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like he'll inflate these like online friendships like they're more than they really are. And then, yeah, it's, it's very catty, very gay. I'm not here to talk smack. I'm just going to move on. But it's very much like the gays I used to know in Hollywood that would be like, oh, have you met Todd and Brian and Gary? They're all my best friend. We're all, hey, everybody, everyone's best friends. It's all like, it's almost like steam room bathhouse networking where everyone's best friends so that they can like exploit the most they can out of the world, but no one actually loves each other because they're all fucking gay, you know? And so everybody's just like, like if you think about what sodomy is, it's such an act of aggression. That's why it's so big in prison. You can't make love to an ass. You know, no one's ever like, oh, this is this is like we're making love. It's violent. It's rape. You know, it's like it's damage. And so all these guys, all these like Joe Rogan types that are all about like sodomy and all that. There's no love in that world. There's dumpsters and AIDS, you know. For sure. Yeah, I think that's why it, community outside of the internet is so important. And that's why as the internet gets sanitized and all of the truthers that are left on there are kind of the wolves in sheep's clothing, you know, some of the best stuff is going to be found in getting together with people in person, you know, and, and building outside of kind of our online personas, which is kind of what we... A lot of people in truther communities have gotten used to interacting just online. And so we're kind of entering into a phase of, hey, start making those real relationships. Oh, dude, that's what I've been doing for years. That's, that's why I'm not worried about any of this. It's almost like a lot of people with the censorship and all that, it's almost like a dad has brought their son to the top of a slide. And they're like, remember back in the day when that guy was holding me? You know, and then they're like flying down the slide. And at first, it's so scary. I've been doing decentralized online meetups throughout the entire world for four years. It's like, I, my, my, I, I've been doing my super chats through the PO box for four years because I was put through this ringer four or five years ago. I wasn't even allowed to own property and rent it on Airbnb. I've never even been accused of a misdemeanor. I pay my taxes. I'm like, you know, have a successful marriage. I don't cheat. I don't do drugs. It's like, so someone like me could be absolutely ejected from the system. So what did I do? I learned that it was a blessing. So I realized that the, the real, you know, heart of commerce in America is the United States Post Service. And so people could literally send me letters. I have barrels of letters, handwritten letters, handmade swords, handmade, hand knitted hats, like love is everywhere. And so and then we started doing bear meetups where every all over the country, all over the world, people would get together, have barbecues. I said, you know, when we started the app, it was meet old friends for the first time. And so make the internet real life, a hill to grow on. You know, persistence is fertile. I started, I started inverting all the inversions. And I've, I've, I've been doing this for years now. That's why when all this is happening, people have this stunned look in their eyes like they're, you know, the internet's getting weird. I'm like, bro, I was... I was kicked off everything. Like, I, dude, I was kicked off. 
My wife was kicked off Airbnb for being married to a guy who made a joke that offended them. You know, and I had like a half a million dollar property I was using as an income with rental and I had to sell it. And it's like, these are, these are things that would break a lot of people now where it's like, you know, PayPal, no PayPal, no YouTube, no Twitter, no Facebook, no Instagram, no. And I just wouldn't accept it. I've had 15 Instagrams and this one, they're just leaving alone because I outlasted the storm, you know? Because the way psychological operations work, if they perfected this in concentration camps, knock someone down, let them get up, knock them down, let them get up, knock them down, and just do that until they give up. You know, it was like in that that show, uh, Game of Thrones, that that was super accurate, where they let that guy almost escape over and over again, and then they just keep working with him. The answer to that is just keep trying, never break. And so after I would have like fifty thousand. Subs on Instagram, delete it. Get up to 30,000, do it. Just keep going and don't let it phase you. You are not your followers. You are not your money. You are not your fucking khakis. This guy's are, is that one dude said from that movie. And so uh, just, just focus on what's real. Family is wealth, money is debt. And so every time they kick you out of something, they give you an opportunity to become much, much stronger. You wanna put poison in my food? I'll make my own food. You want to take away our labor force with abortion and homosexuality, I'll have four sons. It's like, you, you gotta have that attitude or people are gonna get wiped. Things are gonna get in, getting reels out there. Like, I can already feel that the population's gone down. Like, you can you can see it in little areas where shit's getting, shit's getting reels out there, man. It's, and it's just starting. Like, people's uh, 401ks are gonna get wiped. Like, all this stuff. Like, a lot of these zombie corporations are gonna stop feeding on the debt, the world reserve currency is collapsing and I see it all as a blessing, but it's gonna be rough unless you're ready to play, unless you're ready to say, yes, more, more, you know, it's like, that's the only way to beat the psychological programming. You know, they start with social shame, then they start with repetition, they do all this. They perfected it in concentration camps. And that's why NASA took off because in the forties, they realized that World War II was fought and won with uh, deception and psychological operations. Whereas World War One was just a bloodbath. And don't get me wrong, a lot of people died in World War II, but that was the birth of DARPA, um, you know, uh, NASA, all this shit. It's how to control the mind. And so it's so advanced now that the only way out is to just focus back on reality. And it's always there. Reality never goes away. It's right here. Focus on what matters. And you actually have a better life. Like I, uh, I'm way healthier now, way happier. Uh, way cleaner living. It's like, if I go back 10 years and I look at myself then versus now, I'm much happier now. And you know, you'd think that I would have been broken like that kid from Hunger Games. Like, look at Owen, he's crazy, look. Cause I had status in Hollywood. You know, I had like, uh, I was like really, like they really did try and do this public humiliation thing that usually makes people crazy. And I was like, it, it made me stronger. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's so important. Uh, I mean, you know, the scriptures talk about don't forsake the assembling together of yourselves even more so when you see the day approaching. And, uh, you know, I think that's what a lot of communities are realizing is that we have to get together to fi figure out how to make life work outside of the system we're so comfortable in. And, exactly. Uh, and that's what I think so cool about the, the Bertaria Times, you know, app and and uh, the meetups. By the way, I I, uh, I was at the the first big Bertaria Times Festival in Missouri. Uh, Amazing, dude! And was, I'll be at the next one. I'm gonna tape an hour special at the next one. 
Yeah, I'm gonna try oh, to be there. That's awesome. I'll probably be there. I'm. Uh, it's exciting. Yeah, th yeah I think that area of Southern Savage. Missouri, man. It's beautiful, right? Yeah, that area of Southern Missouri is really interesting to me. For one, because uh, w you know we we come from a, a fairly fringe str uh, strain of Christianity. You know, we're, we we kind of consider ourselves Torah observant, try to keep the commandments of the Most High. You know, while still believing in in Christ. Uh, and that area that uh, you guys have the Bertaria Times land for the festivals and stuff is is right smack dab where like thousands of people are moving all over the country to that area uh, that are not necessarily bears. But because I'm kind of got my foot in both communities, I, I'm seeing that area as a concentration of people that are truthers, really based, growing large families, uh, you know, awake to kind of the craziness of the world all move into that same area. And uh, so that's why I thought it was so cool that you guys are starting to set up shop in that area. Center of Missouri, uh, like the promised land. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, and that's, I like yeah. French Christians. Like I like the Christians that try to, uh, try to observe the most amount of the laws because that's really where the strength is. The strength isn't, because I was raised uh, Catholic for a bit and then Lutheran for a bit and we hopped around. And it was just kind of like there, I, I just there was like no strength in it. It was like, eat a cracker, drink some wine, you're saved. Go do whatever you want. And I yeah. always thought that it was very. Um, I didn't have a word for it, but it's very Luciferian. It's very like do as thou wilt. And so that's why I have like a uh, a good amount of Muslim uh, friends too, because I really respect that they are very interested in the law. Like uh, Sharia economics About is incredible. It's biblical economics. It's the same law, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's like the, the Torah observant Christians, I, I think have a real shot in this world because, you know, it's, it's uh, a lot of these practices that seem so archaic. And so, oh, we're so far past that. Oh, we're, we're past those laws. No, we're not. And I used to tell Christians that if you forget, if you forget um, Leviticus, you don't get the Sermon on the Mount. Like, you gotta you gotta keep the foundation in order to get the the grace, you know. And so the foundation is so important. And it seems like so much of the mass, you know, mega church five hundred one c three Christianity is not about discipline. It's about um, it's about you know you're above the laws. You know, there's no laws for you. You're special. You've been saved. Just 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 you know. And I'm like, well, you know. It's, I don't know what happens when we die. Like, I'm not a fire and brimstone guy at all. I think God's extremely merciful. But I, I feel like our strength comes from the discipline of observing a lot of these laws that a lot of people are not, you know, are not focused on. And I think that people kind of focused on have gotten almost like this transmission that Missouri, like some of these areas, are like North, North Idaho is like that. Missouri's like that. There's areas where people are just being drawn to them. Like, we have to... It's like like uh, animals leaving an area when a hurricane's about to come. I can I can see that everywhere. People are just like showing up, like like I feel like I have to be here, and and we're like, I feel the same way. It's like I want to learn how to garden. Yeah. I'm a uh, investment banker. <laughs> like one of my one of my buddies, uh, Mr. Permi Bear, who now has a seed company in Missouri and like a thousand kids. He was literally an investment banker, like literally working for one of these big like wealthy guy city living and he just started getting drawn he's like this is i have to go to missouri 
it's, it's in Missouri's a rough environment. That's what keeps the people strong. You know, there's there's a Kabul, Missouri, like right out of Afghanistan, because it looks exactly like Afghanistan. You know, there's like people in different areas that are so tough and rooted. Like that's why Afghanistan has been such an empire killer killer, because those dudes that can survive on some sagebrush, a goat and a 22, like you don't beat those people. Like those people don't get beaten. And Missouri has those same type of people. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's something really exciting about just the idea of a lot of like-minded people kind of immigrating to a very similar location. And and back on kind of the, the church topic, I, I, you know, remember back in 9-11, right after the, the Twin Tower, you know, mass deception event happened, everybody went to church. That's kind of my concern with the past two years with all of these uh, crazy things that have been going on, you know, the threat of World War III and everybody's dying of a, a virus, that people are being funneled into a corrupted kind of uh, uh, a, a church system that is just like you described, where they're kind of patted on their back while they live in their depravity. And exactly. Like the, the, yeah. the layers of, of catches that the system has designed and set up so that people might wake up to a truth of something and they're like, oh, I got to get right with God. And they show up in the first place that's teaching them something about, you know, God is telling them, yeah, Jesus loves you while you practice your secret sins. You know, go ahead and keep <laughs> on. You know? It's actually really funny. And, and then they're uh, like, now we're about to have this big Coldplay concert. Enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's so much crossover uh, with the kind of the Torah observant Christian community and, and also the bear community. Uh, there's a ton of bears that are, are you know, follow that way of faith um, as I believe thousands of people are leaving traditional denominational Christianity, whether it's Catholic, uh, you know, Protestant, Catholic, Christ, you know, all these people are kind of waking up and just trying to read the book and, and walk out their faith to the best of their understanding uh, and not trusting on a guy with a crazy fancy hat telling them what to believe, you know? And, and you talk about this all the time. Yeah, because people are starting to need the utility of it where it's like, because uh, any church is cool for community. That's why I don't tell people to like run away from their church, even if it seems converged. It's like, you know, community is important. Where if you yeah. gather, you know, if you gather and you have community, that's great. But now this is starting to get real People are looking around like, is this religion arming me? Is this the armor of God that we're having a female, you know, like like the women get together and talk about how Christ is inside them coming for them? You know, it's like, this is weird, right? Like, because that's one area that's getting so sexualized is Jesus depicted as this like rock star, like ripped in pain, like Scott Stapp, you know, wearing leather, just, you know. It's like that South Park uh, episode is so true when Cartman make just changes everything from baby to Jesus and becomes a Christian rock star. Where it's like, Jesus, I want you in me. <laughs> and so when you're dealing with that, when you're dealing with that type of church and she starting to hit the fan, you're like, this isn't helping out. Like, this isn't the armor of God. This is a, a book club, you know? And so the armor of God comes more, and I'm not like preaching. There's, I'm a pretty ignorant guy when it comes to a lot of this stuff, but it comes from observing and reality, you know? And I think one major thing about Torah observant Christians is gender roles. You know, it's like just simple things like that yeah. that a lot of modern Christianity just won't 
acknowledge. And it's not, a, it's not, I'm not criticizing. It's up to them. It's all good. If you like Russell Brand or Joel Olstein, it's like, you know, if that just, if that just kind of rocks you to sleep, it's like a hospice for baby boomers. It's like, they're just dreaming of playing golf on the moon, you know, thinking Jesus is singing them Coldplay as they just drift off, you know, with all their money. And it's like, it's all good. <laughs> Meanwhile, I just think like the deception of the internet. I mean, 2010 might have felt like a golden age to us because it did, but it was still like a pig trap. It's like all the free peanuts. You ever see how you trap pigs? You, you let them have free peanuts for like weeks. And then, because there's always skeptical pigs that won't go in. I'll send you this video. It's amazing. It's like this technical video for farmers about how to trap pigs. And it, it's the internet. It's just like, it's the metaphor is exact. So they have the pig, they have the peanuts and then you have your, your skeptical pigs. And over time they have to get all the pigs until they slam the, the door and then they just kill all the pigs. So it's like, I think the internet was kind of like that where it's like, Oh, it's free freedom. They always give you the freedom. And then people are like, yeah, yeah, I'll, we just have to, we just have to like make this one concession, you know, come on, just play ball. Come on, big band, play ball. And then it just keeps, the door just keeps closing and keeps closing. And then bang, yeah. then people are like, all my income, my identity, everything is involved in Twitch. Like I can't go out, leave now. But the whole time, all you have to do is just leave. You can always leave, which is better. For, we're better off than pigs because for us, it's trapping our, our consciousness. We have free will. So at any point, we can just choose to be out of a cage. Pigs can't do that. They just die. But if it's like we at any point can say I'm not defined by this and just leave. And that's and when you get to that level, you can see it all as just tools. They're just tools. You know, it's just like, you know, use any platform for whatever you, you know, want to use it for. And it's fine. There's no evil tool. There's just evil intention. Like the human consciousness is what makes a tool good or bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, at the end of last year, um, I wrote you a letter and uh, I was sharing about the whole parable of the wheat and the tares being separated in the end times. And I think it's a kind of an analogy of how kind of our, our judgment and the difficult times that we're going to go through are related to the community that we bind ourselves with. And so the people that are joining these these really weak spineless churches or these people who are joining, you know, strong communities like the bears or, or, or keeping feast with believers. These are the people that are building the people around them that when it all falls apart, that's who you'll be able to depend on. And so if you think about the people that are in the inner cities and all, all the only friends they have, are their drinking buddies that have, you know, vagabond lifestyles, then when everything falls apart and the supply lines, you know, if there's trouble there or, you know, the end of the world, as we know it happens, then the people you've surrounded yourself with kind of dictate how your judgment ends up looking like in a, in a way. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred percent. And all those people immediately become liabilities to each other. That's why the dentist snakes, they just eat each other. Like right now, the, the upper elite class is devouring each other. It's like hilarious to watch because when you get to that point, when you start saying the fan, like, like in communities like ours, when shit hits the fan, you become more of an asset to each other. Like your value increases versus in the upside down shadow world, your value decreases. And yeah, I completely uh, see your point about that, where the judgment is going to be community based in a lot of ways. And it's like, 
it's uh it's going to be interesting and i don't know what that judgment is like it it might not i don't know what it is it might just be despair it might just be eating cancerous foods i have no idea but it's something and it seems to like it just feels like the trap is closing right now on a lot of people so kind of off topic last weekend i was me and my girlfriend were traveling to go to waco and uh i started telling her about this this thing that i've always felt since i was a little kid and that's that helen keller was a fraud and i've always thought that and i started yeah. explaining it to her and and then she was like oh my god she is a fraud and so we yeah. started looking up videos and you popped up and i was like oh that's awesome so what are your thoughts like tell me what you think yeah, about it's helen keller it's literally if you look back at it not from the eyes of a child when you were lied to about helen keller with adult eyes and you watch videos of Helen Keller, it it is literally worse than a mad TV sketch. Yeah, it is so fake. It's and to say that some like one, she has a British accent. So she the the story goes that she was uh from Alabama and she lost her hearing and sight when she was six months old. So but she's like, It it <laughs> is not blindness. That, where the fuck did she get a British accent? You know? And then you just see this little grabber doing this to her hand. And she's like, and she just keeps rubbing children's faces and stuff. They had her flying an airplane. You know, and if you have, and if you have any uh, connection whatsoever to special needs or high needs people, uh, that isn't like a deaf and blind person doesn't learn anything really. Like not, mm -hmm. not trying to be a dick, but the the ability to comprehend anything goes down drastically you don't just teach someone by doing this to talk that's like so there's a lot of examples of people that lose their sight and hearing at like 8 10 15 and and it doesn't go up for them so at most she had the comprehension of a six month old um it's it's fucking retarded they had her writing books about eugenics and socialism you know that <laughs> So what they do, they did the same thing with Stephen Hawking, which was a dummy for, I don't know how they did it, but that guy was not a real guy. So he had a disease that kills everyone within five years. He lived with it for 50 years and did, disproved God with a computer voice, all right? So what they do is they get a mouthpiece, like Helen Keller. You get an emotional hook in someone. Oh, she overcame so much. She's a true victim. Look at her smiling. She's like, and then so people have this like, Thing where you can't criticize someone who's like grotesquely ugly or cripple that's why i make fun of cripples and jews and blacks and everything because it's a it's a smoke screen they use it all the time Absolutely. to hide little poison pills in society so you have stephen hawking is like and all he can do is this and so because of that not in not despite of that because of that people listen to his thoughts about god i'm like his brain doesn't function. You have uh, ALS. Your ne neurological system is not functional. Why? Why would you listen to anyone who's like this Def in a wheelchair yeah. about the nature? God, they don't know the nature of in their pants. And he's like, God is. Oh God. <laughs> that might be our thumbnail right there. Yeah, and and and, uh, and Helen Keller is the same way. So someone who hasn't seen or heard anything, all she's felt is this on her on her hand. Tickling, pretty much, on your yeah, palm. Yeah, so then they use that empathy like as a weapon. So people are like, oh, sucks to be Helen Keller. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> f 
with her. Put her in a well. You know? And it sounds like I'm being cold, but it's actually a defense mechanism for society. Because if everyone's like, oh, so sad, then she's like, we need to give women the right to vote. You know, and everybody's like, we yeah, can't she went to Harvard. Women. Really? Oh, dude, it's so stupid. She wrote books. She had the mind of a six. And by the way, I don't think it was real at all. I think she was like an actress from England. Oh, yeah. She had a British accent. It's like, it's so, it's mind blowingly stupid. She's like, is no blindness that troubles me. <laughs> and you're like, okay, you're. So the character they did is it's like, okay, you have to like overemphasize your mouth because oh. you must have been hot and. But she's she's British. She's a Brit. And so that's uh, I'm glad that you see through Helen Keller. I'm an uh, Helen Keller denier. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes me wonder, kind of talking of Helen Keller back to the kind of the victim consciousness of our current culture. Uh, it's almost like in school they taught us all of our heroes had these disabilities or they're uh, a racial minority group or, or they yeah. have some kind of mental issue or, or whatever. And so now today, uh, kind of the, the trans community and all these people coming out claiming victimhood uh, is is like the main – it's the way you rise to power in our system today. And and it's kind of set up by all of our heroes we were taught to, about in Dude, school. Dude, that's like so funny, man. What if it was unintentional? What if somebody was trying to do a good job and, like, they had, like, a blind nephew and they're like, it's blind man, you know? And everybody's <laughs> like, oh – and then people grow up and they're like competing over who's a bigger victim. That's hilarious. Like someone's yeah. like running for Senate. It's like, I just had a stroke and I am an, where it's like, cause I'm going to do sketches in two months. So I have to like come up with some of these where it's like, so you have two, uh, two politicians facing off and it's like, I'm blind and I taste colors and I'm pretty sure I'm a pedophile. And the other politicians like I chopped off my methamphetamine fueled rage. I can't feel my feet and I'm mentally handicapped. And everybody's like, and the other one's like, uh, and he just starts stabbing himself in the head. And he's like, this is how I talk to God. And someone's like, and then it shows who wins. And it just got a knife in his head. He's like, he's like, I woke up this morning suicidal. So I took all my pills and now I'm here to lead you. It starts off kind of like small. And then it's like, well, I'm a sodomite. You know, I uh, I like to the guy in the ass because it calms my demons. And everyone's like, <laughs> and then it just gets to a point where they're stabbing their own eyes out. Someone cuts off their dick and they're like, I'll eat my dick now. My gender is cannibal. And everyone's like, <laughs> my Dude, hero. That's, real. that's really real. It's like you got people taking DNA swabs. Like I, I told you I was an oppressed minority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if if they want the people that we put in charge of us to be these really uh, cuck to the system types that are going to follow all these agendas, it makes sense that they've groomed us to all have victim consciousness. But I mean, you see it with the the whole like giving minority groups preference in colleges and in jobs, and and oh, we have to have every diverse group represented in our business and it's like our whole culture is based around that now and it's crazy it's in every commercial oh every single one yeah it's like look at it's like oh yeah we need more people in wheelchairs it's like what kind of business is like that 
And it's a business based on fiat. That's why it's all banking. It's like when you have uh, mass injections of fake nonsense money for uh, social agendas, uh, yeah, you can do stuff like that because you don't need to make any money. None of these companies make any money. Like it's all nonsense. It's all like really intense communist uh, ideology. And I think that they're really trying to take it to the next level with the universal basic income and all that. Cause they can just be like, but then everybody starves to death. There's really no winning this, this thing, you know? That's why if you just get out of that and don't accept that as reality, the future's super bright. Because it's like, think about it. Like my parents used to be college professors and it's like tricking blacks into going to college is like cruel at this point. Mm. It's like, oh, Darnell, you get to go to college ahead of Anthony here. And Darnell's like, yeah, yeah, about time, slaverism, you know? <laughs> and then they, they go to college and they end up in debt like with wasted years and like they learn nothing. Their heads were just broken. Like and they're going to be doctors. They're going to be doctors someday. And it's like, <laughs> they're going to operate on us. <laughs> they oh dude. If you looked at some of the staff, it's like all black women. It's like, my name's Shaniqua and I'm here to fix your mother. Brain. <laughs> and you're like, oh boy. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, oh, the Chinese aren't doing it. So. Neither of the Russians. We'll see what happens. I'm, I swear to God, I'm not just being naive. I'm like really optimistic. I think that there's never been a bigger opportunity to like shoot ahead than now. Cause so many people are literally just chopping their cocks off. Like just, you know, let them more cheese for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, looking back, I, like when I was younger, I had a really skeptical view of Christianity. Um, I grew up as a missionary kid in the Philippines. And so I was like the opposite of a Christian. And then now looking back as I've kind of come full circle and it's now my faith and not just my parents' faith, right? Looking at things in the scripture, like where it says what's good is going to be called evil and what's evil is going to be called good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and looking at that actually come to pass right before our eyes, like, like I never understood how it, the scriptures seem to be so accurate, and and uh, man, it, it's just crazy seeing the world totally flip. And now, you know, it kind of makes me wonder if they're going to be trying to force feed us all of these, you know, crazy ideologies. And and that's they 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 literally think they're doing a service to God because their God is them. When they come, yeah, 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 that exactly. Agree. Yeah, the villain doesn't know they're a villain. Like they legitimately think they're doing great. Like they're that, that's the thing is they're like uh they're they, yeah their God is them exactly and they can't be God it's already inverted so then it just becomes like they're going off the whims of their insane perversion it's it's fucking hilarious what's what's the Philippines like by the way is it awesome oh it is one of the most friendly places for foreigners to like they are so pro Western uh, everybody speaks English you can survive there for like. Uh, like I think uh, minimum uh, uh, their average income is like a thousand five hundred dollars a year or something, and so there I would always run into Europeans and Americans that were coming over to find Filipino wives or whatever living on the beach. I ended up growing up there for like ten years uh, before I came back for college, so I had kind of a really weird third culture kind of view. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love the Philippines, man. It, it's a you know there's some theories that the Philippines uh, is the land of Ophir where 
King Solomon went to get the gold for the the temple, and they they were so rich back in the day that the natives came out to meet the people that would land on the shores of Mindanao, and they would feel sorry for them because they had no gold. And uh, I think there's some big, like, really amazing things about the Philippine like culture. They're really oh, humble yeah. people. Yeah, they're like the servants of the world, man. It's crazy. I've always been fascinated by the Philippines. Is it how's the environment there? Is it like still like jungly and rich and good? Oh yeah, I mean, if you're not in Manila, I mean, Manila is a city of 25 million people, you know. Uh, but a quick, you know, well, it's a really long trip with traffic and the bad roads there. But uh, once you get out away from the city and get into the rural country, it's it's really beautiful. Uh, Manila Bay is just a crap heap though there's a bunch of you know pollution but some of the most beautiful beaches in the world are uh are there in uh the philippines so it, it's it's definitely I, I i haven't been back for a couple years um uh, I'm, I'm planning to go bring my family back there soon to share with my wife and stuff bounce here though fellas i um uh, gotta land the plane this has been awesome all right man well I wasn't able to shake Norm's hand, but I hope to shake your hand because yeah, let's all go to the festival this year. It's gonna be great. Uh, yeah, I'm doing a new special. I uh, I haven't done stand up in almost four years, and my first time back on stage, I'm gonna tape it as a special called Noble Savage. Well, what when? I'd love to be there. Uh, Labor Day weekend at in the Ozarks. Awesome. <laughs> Live from the Ozarks. <laughs> That's great. That's amazing, dude. It's going to be the most rural special. It's going to be, we're taping it in a tent. That's hilarious. Oh, my mom said, what? Oh, she said hi and thank you for a hopeful show. She's, oh, hey, she's right over here. Yeah, thank you. Oh, hey. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, everybody. Yeah, man. Well, thank All you for right. coming on the show. See you. All right. See you soon. Thank you so much for being a guest on Skiba News Nation. I look forward to having you back on the show, and I hope you guys enjoyed this exclusive interview with Owen Benjamin. This is actually the second time I've had the opportunity to talk with Big Bear. I met him in person at the Flat Earth International Conference in 2019. At the time, my boss had uh, roped me into uh, trying to interview him for a documentary we were working on at the time, and uh, I had to ask him the question, why do you think Joe Rogan promotes DMT so much? And of course, his answer was, uh, because he's a flaming sodomite. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I cracked up. And of course, the footage was unusable for my boss, but it was a long-lasting memory on my behalf. Uh, so I get a kick out of thinking of that. And... Uh, you know, it's so cool to get to talk to Owen, and I, I so much respect his journey of truth. Now, no one agrees on everything, and, you know, we're all on a different journey. Uh, some people will be offended by his jokes, uh, but it, it's, it's not his role to be a pastor. or His role is to really poke fun at golden calves, and I truly respect that. And as he breaks down the... The idols of society, uh, I've just been entertained along the way uh, with his uh, his approach. But one thing I really wanted to talk about in the interview, I didn't get the opportunity to, and I really hope sometime I can get the chance to discuss with Big Bear, is just the aspect of how I believe the flat earth topic uh, was a 
kind of a light, a, a little candle, if you will, that was lit up in a dark world of deceptions. And anybody who truly had a love for the truth, I mean, Second Thessalonians talks about this. Those who did not have a love for the truth bought a lie so that they'd be damned, right? But those who have a love for the truth, you know, are able to see through the deceptions of the world. So this little flickering lighter in the dark of the world, you know, you know, per- proposing the idea that we've been lied to about cosmology and about our realm attracted the attention to all those who truly had a hunger for the truth. And what I like to liken the flat earth movement to is an ugly clam, right? And if you were to go to these conferences, if you were to investigate the people, of course, the first thing you're going to come to a realization of, if you start to believe that the earth is not a spinning globular ball hurling through space at 666,000 miles an hour, but it is in fact a, a realm more akin to biblical cosmology and that we are created, then people started seeking after uh, a understanding of their faith, seeking into the Bible, for example. And uh, there were many people with kind of strange religious persuasions, people who had new agey beliefs and concepts. Oh, it's kind of like a hologram theory. Oh, we are our own gods. Oh, we're all divine. Oh, we're this or that. But those who had a very based biblical perspective on righteousness, on morality, uh, a biblical view on the Most High, right? You would find that the vast majority of them that were at these conferences, and I attended all of them, just to remind you, I, I made a Flat Earth documentary following from the very first big conference uh, called What If the Earth is Flat? And uh, it was for my former employer. And, and one of the reasons I was at the conference, I was actually uh, premiering the DVD at that final big Flat Earth conference. But one of the things I noticed was that a vast majority of Bible-believing Christians that were in attendance were Torah-observant, Sabbath-keeping, feast-keeping, clean-eating, believing Christians. And, and, and to me, it was this, this pearl that was nestled inside of the ugly clam of Flat Earth was Bible-observant Christians, people that were no longer part of country club Christianity, people that stepped out of denominational Christianity, people that actually wanted to keep the laws of the Most High, not to be saved, but because they were saved. Because I'll give you this, and I'll leave it at that, because this is not a purity trip. There is no rhetoric that can argue against, I simply want to be more Christ-like. And no matter what a preacher shouts from the pulpit about how you're not Jewish and you don't need to observe those Old Testament laws, if you simply walk the path of our Messiah, you know, the sincerest form of flattery is imitation, right? And you were to simply live and walk out your faith like he commanded us to by loving God, by keeping his commandments and loving our neighbor by keeping his commandments, then you'd find that that type of Christian belief was what was the most prevalent at all of these conferences. And, uh, and you know, of course, there were people of many ver- various religious persuasions. But if you loved the truth enough to open that clam of flat earth, you would find something very beautiful. Uh, people that have stepped away from the people with the fancy hats. People that have stepped away from doctrines and traditions of men that have no founding in the Bible at all. 
and instead have tried to walk out a beautiful faith looking more like those early believers that were sitting and, you know, feasting at the feet of Christ himself, right? And, uh, and that to me is one of the most beautiful aspects of the Flat Earth Movement. And, uh, and, you know, one of the reasons I bring it up because, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, those who have a passion for the truth will, you know, want to dive deeper on this topic. And I really wanted to share this with Big Bear. I wanted to share the co- this concept and many other topics with Big Bear. Uh, so if there's any bears on there that would like to have uh, Owen discuss some topics like extra biblical texts like the Book of Enoch, the Book of Second Esdras, Jubilees, Jasher. Uh, if if anybody would like to hear us talk with Big Bear sometime in the future about more flat Earth stuff, everyone is on a different journey. And while I know we can get really excited about this topic, I know this is one of the biggest, most important aspects of Rob's research. And this is one of the reasons he was so motivated to dive into and to prove that we've been deceived in terms of cosmology because he believes it all leads back to the big book, right? And when we start to apply the big book, our lives start to look very different from the agendas and the culture that are being pushed in the world today. Now it's time for some memes, so meme me up, Jake. All right, and we have some great memes for you guys this week. Uh, Some pretty funny ones, some pretty thought-provoking ones. Check out this first one. Contrary to popular belief, duct tape is not the solution to every problem. (laughs) No, you can't use it for that, even if you want to. All right, this next one. I can't believe this is real. Spell flatearthbackwards.com in your internet search bar, and it takes you directly to NASA's official website. If that doesn't show you that NASA's whole thing is about inversion, the inversion of what, say, the truth, right? Then uh, I don't know what will. I mean, I, I know we lean away from the terminology flat earth because of all the bad connotation and all the misdirection, such as the flat earth society, right? But, you know, just like Owen... We live in a realm that is most likely not a globular spinning ball hurling through space at 666,000 miles an hour. Just like Rob, we lean into biblical cosmology. Well, NASA comes right out there and, uh, you know, shows that they're here to subvert the truth. And uh, they they bought that, that URL for a reason, I think. Isn't it funny that this is the pictures you get when you Google Antarctica from space? Now, I, uh, you know, if you check out some of Dave Weiss's interviews that he goes on to people's channels, one of his big arguments is there is nobody that has actually circumnavigated a globe from, you know, Australia to Argentina, right? Uh, It's just never happened. And, you know, it's just so crazy that of billions of people we're still looking at cgi images right and it's it's just insane and and they the argument is oh planes don't fly over antarctica because it's too cold well do you know what temperature it is at thirty thousand feet does it really bother them that bad 
oh, well, the fuel that it would take. Well, you don't think the technology of the planes that we have today could get us at least one flight that went from Australia straight to Argentina? Well, I mean, you know, some of these things really make you scratch your head in terms of what we've been taught. On a different topic, uh, the conspiracy of the construction workers. So then they started driving a different route to avoid us. So we started working on that road, too. <laughs> oh, man. Conspiracy theorist. The term used to discredit someone who speaks about things you can't bear to look at. Because if it were true... It would reveal a darkness in the world you are simply not ready to accept. <laughs> uh, cognitive dissonance, anyone? Back on the uh, Trump indictment, WTF? I just snapped this pic outside the New York courthouse where Donald Trump is being held. Does anyone know what's going on? <laughs> For those of you who are listening, it's a bunch of SS uh, dressed up guys uh, standing outside of a building. Uh <laughs> Uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, I saw another meme. It had a picture of Lenin, Stalin and Mao and Joe Biden. And it says the people through history who've had their political opponents arrested. <laughs> Me showing God my memes and explaining how I was trying to save humanity. Ah, that one was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, one of the memes I've shared in one of our earlier episodes was we are fighting a multinational, anti-corporation, big pharmaceutical megalomaniac beast system with the power of memes. <laughs> uh, hopefully that at least bring a smile to your face and get you thinking about important things, if, if anything. Being a normie is great. I get to call anyone who says anything uncomfortable to me racist and conspiracy theorist. And when the system does collapse, I'll just die rather than live a post-comfort world. <laughs> oh, man. Online wellness influencers versus their actual lives. It's important to uh, listen to people that have... Uh, inward inspection you know and and can admit their faults and uh i've definitely seen that quality in in big bear uh going back and you know changing his mind or 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 working out his differences with people that might have had clashes with him uh so much respect because it takes somebody who's constantly growing to demonstrate to other people how to grow Question of the day, if lesbians aren't attracted to men, why are they attracted to women that look like men? And this is how a camel is created. A ostrich running too fast. <laughs> uh, on the, uh, you know, pseudo-Egypt topic, uh, have you ever wondered what's under the ground under the Great Pyramids? Well, the truth is more terrible and crazy than you could even imagine. Uh, enormous obelisks. That would be crazy. <laughs> uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised. It kind of reminds me of that meme that has the picture of the Oompa Loompa heads on Easter Island. And underneath the ground, you see they're like the heads and the toes are actually uh, Stonehenge down on the other end of the world, right? It, you know, from the globular's perspective, forgive me. When Dr. Evil Incarnate keeps saying your grandchildren will live in pods and eat bugs. This guy's about to go raccoon on this guy's butt. Dad, is Santa Claus a hoax? Of course not, son. Think how many people would have to be in on it. <laughs> what does that remind you of? Christianity be like, you really think God is going to judge me for eating pork? While believing God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden for fruit, he told them not to eat. Yeesh. One I would encourage people to check out is uh, Isaiah 66 and, um, and also the concept that the, the vision of Acts 10 uh, was about people being grafted into the family of heaven and not about food. Um, it's a controversial take in today's world when pastors will say, I couldn't worship a Jesus that wouldn't let me eat bacon. Hey, and we're not trying to step on toes or offend people. I know everyone's in a different place, but isn't it sad when somebody's willing to listen to a doctor faster than they will, uh, you know, the creator of heaven and earth, which is the divine physician, right? And, uh, and, and there's, uh, you know, definitely a significance to the truths, uh, even the dietary commandments, right? F for example, if he says, you know, don't eat this and then people eat it, no wonder there's so many diseases like, uh, like trichinosis and heart disease and, and the proteins that, that are associated with certain unclean animals that humans can't even digest or even the way the car the cardiovascular system works on clean animals versus unclean animals. Uh, it just is a empirical proof that way back then he loved us enough to warn us, Hey, if you put that crap in your body, you're going to suffer the consequences. You know, is it a heaven or hell issue? That's, you know, you know, maybe for those pastors who worship the God of bacon, maybe, but, you know, just consider some of these things uh, because, you know, it's in love that we share truth, right? Even if it ruffles feathers and if it means saving somebody from a heart attack or from, you know, parasites, hey, I'm willing to repeat a truth. When a hippie and a redneck start dating. Yeah, I could see that. One of my favorite vehicles was the Volkswagen bus uh, growing up. I always wanted to have one. And that would definitely be an upgrade, especially, uh, you know, in an apocalyptic scenario. <laughs> Tom Cruise was 2022's highest paid actor. He made 100 million. Actually, Zelensky of Ukraine fame, if you know what I mean, was the highest paid actor. He got 18 billion. True that. All right, here's some uh, March to April memes. I'm always so tired when April 1st rolls around. It's like I just finished a 31-day march. <laughs> it's April, fools. Pity the fool that doesn't know it's April fools. Uh, my wife, uh, when my first child uh, <laughs> was uh, 
conceived let me know on April Fool's Day that she was pregnant. Uh, you know, I'm looking at her like, are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> and turns out it wasn't a joke. And uh, I am now the proud father of two children. Uh, we kept going and we plan to have many more. But that's how we fight the beast system. Am I, am I right, Big Bear? Many children, much prosperity, growing gardens. I don't know if I should say hi to her or ask for an autograph or report her to the museum. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys, that's all the memes for this week. Jake, thank you for another great current news and memes as always. Opa, thank you for another great Opa's Corner. Huge thank you to our new friend, Owen Benjamin. Can't wait to have you back on the show. That was an awesome interview. And by the way, if you're on the Bertaria Times app, my username is Gibberim Bear, G-I-B-B-O-R-I-M, Bear. And uh, I'd love to connect with you guys. So until next time, thank you so much, Big Bear. It was so awesome talking with you, man. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thank you guys for being here every week and for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shout-outs, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout-out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform.